Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. We're doing a special Monday of, uh, edition of the podcast. Uh, we have Sean McCorkle in studio. Yes, sir. Big sexy, Sean McCorkle. Of course, we got CB Gold coming in. In the oh, house. Yeah, actually. Uh, we have Eve <laughs> Edwards coming in. Uh, and we got Joe the Kid Perez. It's What's his birthday. Up? It's my birthday today. I'm happy you called me over to do a special birthday edition of the podcast. Happy birthday, brother. How old are you now? I'm 21 years old. 21. Oh, Sean yeah. McCorkle had already had four kids by then. <laughs> if anybody sees Joe... Grab his dick, especially if you're a guy. He loves that. Good luck trying to Are find you it. Taking my jokes now. <laughs> I had to throw it in there real quick. Uh, but first, I want to thank uh, our sponsors. Listen, uh, guys, it's time to talk to you about the boatload of money you can make this week at mybookie.ag. If you haven't checked them out, it's the perfect time to get in the action. The March Madness is here. Lay down some money and score big on college hoops. Join me and thousands of online players and start betting at mybookie.ag. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? Come join my bookie today. I'd only recommend a service that's been good to me and our listeners. That's why I urge you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. Fast and without any hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place a tip after tip off. Join now and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. That's right. If you join with $100, you get an extra 50 bucks bankroll to play with. Use promo code MMA50 to activate the offer. So visit my book today or call 1-844-900-BETS. Play, win, and get paid. Also, Blue Apron, which is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash MMA roast. You'll love how good it feels, how good it tastes, and be able to create to create incredible home cooked meals with Blue Apron. Don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash MMA roast. How are you, McCorkle? What's going on, man? I am all right. I've not been asleep in about 48 hours, but other than that, I was... Uh... Actually, I almost fell asleep during the uh, comedy show last night until you brought the crowd back to life. That was something else, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I was getting uncomfortable for the other comedians. It was so quiet in there. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was the Laugh Factory, and there was like the place. <laughs> they were out of business. Fi- the place holds five hundred people, and there was about thirty there. Yeah. So they were all spread out, and there was like ten doctors from like for like these female doctors <laughs> for some kind of like convention. It was great seeing you and your your hot date. <laughs> yes. Uh, who who was that girl, by the way? Uh, that is my. <laughs> Ex-girlfriend? Ex-girlfriend? Yes. And now she lives in... How long do you guys go out for? Uh, Like two weeks, probably. Really? No, yeah. I knew her for a couple of years, and I was always chasing her, but she had a boyfriend. And then, uh, yeah, she lives out in San Diego now, so... She's cute. Um, yes, she is. Nice. I mean, what, what do you, you guys, do you think you're going to... Um... <laughs> Is that why you haven't been asleep for 24 hours? Maybe. Nice. <laughs> Hopefully the my kids I've ever listen. seen you blush. Uh, knowing you well. I was just thinking about my kids listening to this one day. They're oh. huge Adam Hunter fans. Actually, ironically, she's a huge Adam Hunter fan. Like, she was following you on Instagram and stuff like that, and I was kind of like, I said, you follow him? Because I, I didn't know that we had ever even talked about you. Or whatever. Yeah. Was, yeah, he's really funny. I was like... But she was sad she couldn't make it today. Oh, no. Nah. She's busy working a real job. Now, she's like, I mean, she must be like 104 pounds, uh, five foot three, stacked, great right. boobs, great butt. But, but I <laughs> yes. mean, you're, and you're, but you're what? You're six, seven, six, seven, three, 15 to 330, depending on what I've eaten that day. So when you guys are having sex, I mean, you, she has to be on top of you, right? Is well, that... I'm waiting until I get married to have sex, so I don't know <laughs> how that will work when it does. But nice. uh, she went with me to track down Ty Lopez yesterday. Did you okay. see that? Okay, uh, no, we have to talk okay. about this. So uh, there's this guy 
who on the internet named Ty Lopez, yeah. who, who basically claims you can become a millionaire like him, and yeah. he has this huge house, and all you got to do is buy his books or his audio books, you can become super rich. Now, you got into a Twitter feud with him. Right. What happened? Basically, I don't like people that take advantage of other people's stupidity, unless it's yeah. me. No, um, but I don't like it when people take advantage of by selling hope, you know? And so he's selling, he's like the Don Lepree of the 2017, you know, or whatever. I don't know if you remember Don Lepree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he killed himself in prison, so I told him. Did he really? Uh, Don yeah, Lepree did? He nicked his... Uh, jugular vein with like a little razor blade and like bled out I had no idea I keep telling Ty I hope they both meet the same end but on Twitter but um, no I um the pot was like if you buy one ad yeah yeah, I find one ad that works in one newspaper and then uh, yeah he was terrible and then he switched it to the internet you could make millions on the internet turns out he was right but um, no the whole uh, Ty Lopez guy basically what his I, I was his videos are popping up every time I get on Facebook or anything it's his videos are popping up and um, I kept thinking, like, this guy, there's no way. He's showing you around his house. I was like, there, that is a 50 or $60 million house. There's no way. I don't care how much he's selling online. He's not paying for that house in Beverly Hills. You know? Right. And so he's always bragging about it. So um, I just I just knew. I mean, you could see his. he buys a new car, a $500,000 car every week. No one has that kind of money that's doing online sales, right? So I just wrote him on Twitter kind of to be funny. I said, hey, if you're so rich, why is all your stuff rented? And uh, he was like, uh, what do you mean? I said, well, your house is rented, you're this or that. And I was just assuming, because I'm kind of smart, um, I was assuming, and he was like, oh, yeah. He said he bet me $100,000 cash, he can prove he owns them all. And I said, really? He said, okay. Um, he said he owns the house, he owns the, ha- uh, the cars, everything. So what I did... Now, were you worried at all that he, he might win and you have to pay him $100,000? No, because I wouldn't pay him even if I lost. But, <laughs> all right, go um, on. <laughs> either way. But no, I knew it wasn't because, um, like I said, I've been out here. I know how much real estate costs out here to a degree. And he was bragging about... He's walking around this house that he claims is his. And he was like, you know, that's where I read a book a day. He claims he reads a book every day. Right. Like, you're really reading the cat in the hat. You're not reading a book every single day. <laughs> no, I couldn't even day. read that every day, but go on. No, yeah. So um, he's... He's, I knew if I burned him up enough, he would respond back eventually because he's got like Instagram models in his videos. And I said, hey, are you sleeping with those girls? Because if you are, then they're prostitutes. And if you're not, what's the point? Like, why are right. they even in your video, you know? And so he didn't know what to say back. So I was just trying to troll him, irritate him. And so uh, he says he'd make me a $100,000 bet. And so I just got on Beverly Hills Luxury Real Estate.com. He's bragging about his house. Like, it's got 16 bedrooms, 12 and a half baths. He goes, there's an elevator here somewhere. I don't know where it is. Really? You've lived there? You don't know where your elevator is in your house? Right. So I just typed in on a search on Beverly Hills Luxury Real Estate, like short-term rentals. I typed in minimum of 16 bedrooms, minimum of 12 baths. There was only three houses that came up. One of them was the one he's showing around with pictures and videos and all that. Right. And it's for rent for $3,000 a day. And he's not the owner. has the owner listed and all that. So I just posted that link on there. It's like, now you owe me $100,000, bitch. Like you just said. He said he put it in escrow with attorneys and all that. And I said, your cars, you don't own your cars either. And he was like, oh, yeah. He said, he, because he said then the bet was that he didn't own them all. Like he owned nothing oh. that was in any of the thing. I said, that's not no, the no. bet. You said, yeah, I, I kept reposting his tweet where he said he owns everything. He goes, no, the bet was that I didn't own anything in any of the videos. And um, I was like, okay. And so he's like, I said, you don't own that Lamborghini. He was like, oh, yeah, how do you figure? And I was like, well, it has a Beverly Hills luxury car. Um, like a keychain on it. Like if you zoom in, yeah. like screenshot and zoom in. And I went to Beverly Hills luxury car rental and screenshot one of their keychains. I said, you guys both have the same keychain. Right. Unless you bought it from them and keep their keychain, you know, I'm just too smart for people like that. Like he's yeah. not real bright, you know? And so, I kept coming up with stuff, and I kept telling him, I'm dead serious. I'm collecting my hundred grand. You know, yeah. I, I and then he, he must see you online and be like, oh, shit, this guy's in the UFC. Yeah, and then he tries to say, oh, let's do a podcast together. Like, yeah, let's, that'll solve it. And I said, sure, <laughs> give me my hundred grand. I said, give me my hundred grand. We'll do a podcast together. And so I sent him a DM on Twitter. I said, hey, if you want to give me like ten grand, I won't come out and show up to your house or anything. Like, you know, but I said, otherwise, it's going to be like Suge Knight style. I'm going to be at your house here in a couple of weeks. 
And he didn't think I was serious, and so I went there yesterday. And went they, to his, uh, they went to the house he, he lives at? Or, or uh, well, house? I Googled the house. When I Googled it, it gave the address of where the luxury thing uh, was so you located. you went to the luxury house? The one that he supposedly owns, and it doesn't look like anybody lives there. Like, there was no nothing there, like no activity. And so I tried to ring the buzzer. No one says anything to get in. I was just going to ask him where my money was. And uh, so when I go around back, and uh, as I go around back, I notice um, he's got like this huge gate around there, but it's unlocked. So, but it wasn't. Um, it's not his house, though. Maybe. I mean, he says it is, but I, I just want to prove it wasn't. So I walked around the backyard a little bit, filming <laughs> stuff. Like it looks vacant to me. There's like, you know, what I mean, like it doesn't look like it's been being used by anybody. Yeah, but at and, the same time, like imagine you came home normally, and somebody's in your backyard, like, fuck, this guy's gonna rob me. Or you get home and you see him wandering around your backyard. I'm moving. I'm moving out. <laughs> I mean, fuck you're, that. you're twice the size you were in the UFC right now. Yeah, like, probably. I mean, so, I mean you're. I, mean, I don't have to worry about any testing of any kind right now. And, okay, so then, so what happened? Uh, so it didn't look like the house was living in me. I didn't want to go break in the actual house because there were some cops that were patrolling the neighborhood. I didn't know if he called them or whatever, yeah. whoever owned the house. Uh, they followed me for about three miles after I left there. But, really? Um, yeah. And then uh, I've got guys I posted it online. Just like I, I fucked up Dan Bilzerian real bad via text message from some girl's phone who knows him. Yeah. And no one believes it. Like they didn't believe it was actually Dan Bilzerian. I was like, no, it really was. Wait, what happened with women. Dan Bilzerian? Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Hold on a second. I'll tell you that. That's a good All one. Right, anyway, so anyway, uh, I posted those pictures, and, so, and people online are like, oh, yeah, anybody can get on Google Earth and take pictures of the house. And so I just posted the videos of me, yeah. you know what I mean, walking up to the house, walking to the gate or whatever. Did I make that up? So people don't think that I'm – I have far too much time on so my now, hands. Like, don't ever underestimate the amount of time I have on my hands. So if you do find Ty Lopez, what are you going to do? Yeah. My goal was to get TMZ to watch me confront him on the 100 grand or whatever, but I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to bitch slapping him. I've been trying to research the laws out here. I know you can't spit on people because that's a felony. You can't just bitch slap. <laughs> Uh, as long as I, uh, I, I was, I was told as long as I don't injure him, a bitch slaps not a felony. Really? Like who who smack, told you this? Um, uh, <laughs> Nate, Nate Diaz. <laughs> That's just what I've read online. That the open hand slap is not considered a. Like, I the believe close it. I believe everything. it is. Especially your open hand slap is probably right. the oh equivalent to like see you with a hammer. You know, it's just sledgehammer. Like a sledgehammer. So I mean. But you, but if you you have it in writing, he made a bet for a hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Said he would put it in escrow and everything that he owns. Not only the house that's his full time house, and he owns all his have luxury you contact cars. Contact a lawyer. Would a, is there uh, any way? To well, get no, because I'd have to probably sue him out here if I was going to do it. So I'd rather just intimidate him until he gives me money to go away or embarrass him for exposing him. I figure at some point. He's giving away like a car a week, he keeps saying, but I don't know anybody that's won one or heard any stories about it. He keeps saying, like, I'm giving this car away here this week, and uh, he sucks. Like, if you watch his videos, that dude sucks, man. No. Like, um, so, um, oh, the Dan Bilzerian thing is awesome. I still have to post the tweet. The, what happened with Dan Bilzerian? Okay. I don't like Dan Bilzerian. Who's because Dan Bilzerian? He's this guy that, like, basically you follow his Instagram, and he's got a billion followers. Every one of his pictures of him with... With either escorts, like naked chicks, and guns. That's he's, all he does. He used to be in the military. What's his Instagram? Supposedly. <laughs> he won all of his money from poker. Well, he poker, says he yeah. did, but turns Allegedly. out the trust fund baby that his... I did research on that, too. So he, um, he went on Howard Stern. I saw him, at the, I saw him at, actually at the UFC last week when I was there. He was I think fr- I saw a picture with he's you. He's in the front row. Somebody, yeah. He's in the front row at the UFC taking pictures with like Tyron Woodley's family. I'm like, right. what is going on here? Right, he's, but, he's like the most one of the most followed guys on Instagram, but he's, not, he's only famous for being famous. You know, like... Yeah. Paris Hilton, right? But he, his whole thing is um, he, he has a bunch of lies. Like, he makes up a bunch of stuff about he made $150 million playing poker. Like, no, you didn't. You were try- I, I researched you and looked back. Your dad was one of those corporate raider guys who went to prison for 20 years for robbing, like, 
innocent people's money. Like he stole people's money and then he transferred it all to Dan. And then Dan goes out and act like he made it playing poker and he's this. He says he was almost a Navy SEAL when really the closest he got was shopping at Old Navy. Yeah. Like as close as he got to it. Like just because you try out for Navy SEAL school doesn't mean you were almost a Navy SEAL. It's right. like I tried out for the Lakers. I was almost a Laker. No, you just didn't make it. So I know a girl who may or may not be a stripper. Right, go um, on. And I know her from Houston. She's in she Houston. She might be an escort. All right, right. no, she's a stripper. And so she was... Uh, she was texting me and said, she asked me if I knew who he was. I said, I know of him. She goes, you're not going to believe this shit. And he sent her a text message. First, she sent me a picture, like a video of them together, so I knew she'd actually met him. And she said, look at this text message he sent me. And she's very sensitive and a little emotionally unstable. Imagine that, a stripper. Right. But um, she's very sensitive about how she looks, even though she's beautiful. Is her name CB? Uh, no. Right. Oh, go on. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> go on. So, go on. He just made you a stripper who's insecure. Where did that come from? All right, go on. So um, he... Um, so he sent her a text that said, hey, I'll be back in town in a month if you get yourself in real good shape. Maybe I'll take you to Italy with me. Aww. And uh, she's in phenomenal shape. I'll have to show you. Like, absolutely phenomenal shape. And she, her response was, motherfucker, are you out of your mind? You know what I mean? Or whatever. She goes, number one, I'm not going anywhere with you. Number two, um, I think I'm in pretty good shape. And he's like, I like really fit, toned girls. Um, and so she was like actually almost crying over this, like upset, calling me. And I said, please, let me respond. Like, just say what, just copy and paste what I say, right? And um, so she says, okay. So I send back a text for her to send that says, really? Well, I prefer guys who are over 5'8", who made their own money, not daddy's trust fund babies, but we can't all have what we want. So I hit the two buttons, you know, or whatever, like on him. And so he's like, I made all, he's, I made all my own money, you know, this and that. And then I um, had her send him a link to an article, like exposing him about how he's <laughs> fake. And then uh, I made a meme for her to send to him that was him with two guns and said, did I say I was almost a Navy SEAL? I meant to say I shop at Old Navy. And right. It's like him with two guns. And so I just keep on him. No matter what he says, you know, I outwit people. So I just keep fucking him up. No matter what he says, I keep coming back with something better and better. And so he's like, he blocks her. He gets so mad, he blocks her phone. Like, he can't take it. Um, and then he, he, like, goes off. He, he'll go back off on her and block her again so she can't say anything. And then he, like, falls in love with her because she's the first girl to probably ever stand up with him. Right. He starts texting her all the time. Like, listen, Meanwhile, just he's, fall, he's falling in love with you, actually. Uh, right, yeah. He has no idea he's in love with me. And so he's, he's going back and forth. And he's saying, um, he keeps saying stuff like, can we just put this behind us? Listen, I really want to see you when I come to Houston like he's finally got a girl that's met his match but it was me um, and so I, I just told her I just kept being hateful no matter what she just told him to keep being hateful um, and I just kept going on and on and so he's like obsessed with her now he like, tries to take her on trips and stuff all the time and she just keeps turning him down so the one girl he can't have <laughs> because she's not a hooker I guess is the only one he wants but um, yeah I had heard from a girl that's always in those videos and she said that all those chicks are paid to be there right yeah, yeah. he's like no one's life is like that besides mine but <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. That's what cracks me up. People say all the time, like they'll see me with girls. Be, oh yeah, it's because the UFC. I'm like, no, no, that picture was taken before I was ever in the now, UFC. Now, what happened? You were doing well as a promoter for a while. You had yes. a, you had a, you had a big fight in Indiana where you had MMA fighters, and you had girls having pillow fights. Yeah. Then you had between. strippers, and then then <laughs> then you went in the octagon and told everyone that you bang one of the chicks or something. Like, oh, though, that was awesome. That was uh, the girl that you met that yeah, you danced with. What happened? Um, she okay. So we uh, God, I hope my kids and parents never listen to this. So. I was promoting fights, and I thought it'd be a good idea. And during the intermission, to have girls fight in their underwear with pillows, like right? pillow fight and That's wrestling. Good idea, each other. yeah. So I invited every girl I had ever dated or been on a date with or anything to come, and I said, "Hey, will you come to my show and wear a pair of booty shorts and one of my legs of fighting shirts?" They were like, right. "Okay." So I didn't think it would be a bad idea to have thirty to forty of my exes all in the same place at the same <laughs> yeah, time. I don't know what I was thinking because a lot of them don't like each other. 
So they all start showing up, and then the pillow fights kind of turn real at one point. Girls start getting mad. They start, like, one of them grabbed one of his shirt. <laughs> the pillow fights turn real. Yeah, the one of them threw the pillow down and ripped the girl's shirt off to embarrass her. I don't know why she'd be embarrassed. She was built unbelievably. Yeah. But she thought that would embarrass her. And then uh, the girl you know, let's call her Marissa. Beautiful. Um, we, um, she came and... Um, <laughs> She came to the uh, event, and uh, for some reason, there was a lull in the action, and the guy who's my ring announcer brings her up and asks her what she's doing there, because she's wearing, like, a nice dress, like, dressed, yeah. like, you know, black tie event, and it's at the eight-second saloon on Washington Street. Right. So um, he calls her up and asks what she's doing there. She said, oh, I'm just here to see the fights. He goes, now, do you know anyone here? And she was like, a few people. And I, I tell the, I'm outside the cage. I tell the announcer, I said, ask her if we ever dated. I say it where no one can hear it. Right. Him, right. You know? And he goes, no, I heard a rumor. Did you and uh, Sean ever date? And she looks over at me and she just shakes her head, no. Like she's just like, yeah. Like, and I was like, okay. And everybody starts laughing, you know, or whatever. And so um, I take the mic, I go up and take the microphone. I said, well, I guess we were just fucking then. Oh, no. And then it was just dead silence. Like everybody's like looking at me, which I didn't know. The commission was so, the athletic commission was there. <laughs> And they were so mad at me because I just happened like at a UFC event. Right. Wait, was this the same event you told the commission try to test me? Oh no, that yeah, that's what uh, I was gonna say. The very first thing I came out, they announced me for the. Uh, <laughs> I came out. I thanked everybody for coming out to the show. We were bringing back Legends of Fighting for the first time in three years, and I said I want to thank everybody. I said also want to say thank you, to the Athletic Commission, for giving my license. You know, for this event and for them showing up and doing a good job, and everybody gives them a half-ass cheer. And I said, oh, also I want to tell you guys. Uh, I was on steroids the whole time I fought <laughs> when I was licensed under you guys, and I'm taking them right now, and there's nothing any of you can do about it. And I dropped the mic, and they just stared at me, and the lady that runs the commission like was cussing at me under her breath as I was walking off. And, you really uh, are like, like like a real version of Eastbound and Down. Yes, like, Kenny you know, Powers. You remind me of Kenny Powers. I'd rather or, be Ashley Schaefer. But. It, it's like funny when I'm watching it, like, but it's not funny if I, if I was there. I don't know oh, if I would It would be so laugh, awkward. But uh, watching it on TV or something, I'd be like, like, when you tell me these things, I start laughing. <laughs> but like, it's, 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 it's like just for you. Like, yes. Like, you, I'm kind of, I don't know, I got a little Andy Kaufman in me. I guess like most of the time I'm just trying to entertain myself I don't really care if anyone thinks my jokes are funny no that's what um, I, I that's why Stephen it. Bonner is like in love with you by yeah the way. <laughs> I gotta show you awesome. that video he did by the way of him dancing like Justin Bieber uh, we played it for the I awards I didn't see it oh my it's, gosh uh, is it too late now to say sorry I didn't know what I put in my body and I, and I have a, <laughs> that's awesome yeah. I didn't hear about it I, I'll actually I'll actually show you right now so let's talk a little bit while I'm showing him um, uh, uh, that uh, we got to talk about uh, Bubba Jenkins fighting over the weekend. Um, that was really, really hard to watch. I'm, yes. I'm obviously Bubba's our, our co-host. He's a friend, a really good friend of mine. But at a certain point, you know, it's almost like talent can be ta- – obviously you want to have talent, but you could have too much talent. In some ways, talent could, could be your enemy because a guy like Bubba who, you know, takes a fight on one week notice, flies to England – He's fighting at a weight class heavier than him. He's normally 45, 55. The guy misses weight, so now he's fighting at 160, and Bubba's like, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah. And, he, and, and he wins the first round. Bubba, wi- I mean, he was, but like I said, like the things he was doing to get out of, a guy had an arm bar, he was picking him up and just sort of spiking him on his head, right. and, which was like great, but <laughs> one of those things where like a guy who's as explosive and talented, but Bubba was tired in the second, you could tell he gassed, he wasn't prepared, he didn't have a real camp for this, I'm sure flying to England takes a lot out of you, Definitely. Uh, and, then, and then got choked in a, one of the most bizarre ways possible, but it's just like Bubba, like you got to... I mean, if he was here, I would tell him the same thing. But you got to give yourself a chance to win, and, and you can't just take these fights on a week notice. It's just you're not doing yourself. And if a guy misses weight, this is the second time he's fought somebody where the guy missed weight, and he's like, "Fuck it, let's fight." And uh, 
I mean, they have weight classes for a reason. Right. That's what the, the problem is, man. To be a great fighter, you have to have that belief in yourself. You really do. All the best guys really believe um, that they're going to win, except Nate Diaz, I guess, says all the time he expects to lose, which I don't think he got misquoted on that. I think what he meant to say is he's already accepted the worst possible outcome right. is a possibility, and then whatever happens, you know, happens. But um, I fought in Japan on 30 hours notice, literally. I mean, from the time I got the call till I stepped in the cage was 30 hours. You know, so I was on a plane ride, 24 of that. Um, I went out there. I was still feeling the effects of Ambien and Xanax that I took to sleep on the plane. <laughs> Prescribed, of course. Right. No, but I was still, I, was, I wasn't nervous for that fight at how all. How much Ambien takes to knock you out? Four? Oh, God, yeah, probably three or four, like at once. I remember it was funny because um, one of my fights I took Ambien. I remember Tom Erickson, I looked over and he was wearing a gladiator helmet yeah. sitting next to me on the plane, except he wasn't. Like I knew he wasn't wearing a gladiator helmet, but I looked over and he was. And then he threw a banana at me that I like dodged and it hit another lady, and none of that was happening. <laughs> but it like it was really happening in the magazine. I went to reach a magazine in front of me and it started floating up in the air and spinning. Ambien's an amazing thing. It's as far the worst. As, like, it's, a, it's the most powerful drug I've ever taken. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is strange. I didn't know that you were, you're supposed to go asleep as soon as you take it. I thought it just like would make you fall asleep. But, and uh, by the way, I'm, I'm actually playing him the uh, the the uh, Bonner thing. So yeah, you guys went all out with it. Okay, so hold on. All right, so <laughs> that's the greatest thing. Wait, looks like Jeremy Bieber there. Yeah, all right, so finish what you were saying. Um, oh, anyway, so yeah, I flew over to Japan. I fought Satoshi Ishii, and it was funny because my agent told me like Monty Cox said, "Hey, don't eat or drink anything while you're over there that they give you." And because uh, I guess he was afraid they would be drugged. I guess he should have been afraid they weren't going to pay me because they never paid me half my money um, when I got there. Um, but I got I get poked in the eye during the fight, which is the worst thing. I've dislocated my shoulder in a fight. I've broken my arm in a fight. I've had stuff happen. I have never felt anything like getting poked in the eye. It hurt worse than anything I've ever felt. And uh, I got poked in the eye in the fight. And it's the first time I've ever tapped in a fight because he was then breaking my arm in a Kimura armbar, something I couldn't see. So after the fight, I'm like stressed out about it because I cannot see out of my left eye. I mean, nothing, complete blackness when I open my eye. doesn't matter what color I saw. Right. But yeah, I don't <laughs> Go know. On. So, um, but I was, uh, yeah, just pure blackness out of my left eye. And that made me really nervous because, I mean, blurry, maybe I wouldn't be nervous, but I was like, I can't see anything. And so they bring over this Asian guy. In Japan, yeah, uh, and they said I said I need to go to the hospital. They said, "Okay, you go, you pay," and I was like, "I'm sorry." They said, "You go, you pay," and it was a white guy saying it to me, which was weird. No, <laughs> so he just kept saying that, and I said, "No, no, you guys are paying for it. I don't even have Japanese money. Like I don't speak Japanese. I can't just go to the the doctor and, or the you know ambulance or whatever." And so they just keep saying that, and so I was like, "I don't." I don't know what to do, but you guys got to look at it. So they bring a doctor over. Swear to God, he leans down on one knee from eight feet away from me. He looks at me and goes, ah, it's okay. Like that was oh, his diagnosis. Yeah, yeah, I was like, you're not going to run your I, finger in And you haven't got paid yet for this fight. No, I haven't been paid. And so I'm like, I was like, you guys got to fix my eye. There's something wrong with my eye. So I don't have Wi-Fi. I'm trying to text Monty. Um, I get back to the hotel, and I'm trying to explain to the translator who suddenly speaks no English once right. we're going, you know, um, speaks no English at all. I keep trying to say uh, to her, that, like, listen, I need to go to the hospital. Like something's wrong with my eye. Go on. I'm a dog bark. But, uh, yeah, so um, they kept telling me I had to pay. So then they go to pay me my money, and it was supposed to be $25,000, and it's fifteen. And I keep counting, and I look at it, and I'm like, it's supposed to be twenty five. They're like, okay, next time. And I was like, no. No, next time. Yeah, there's no next time. I only took this fight because you guys were paying me $25,000. Yeah. Um, I said, you guys are all, you know, that's the only reason I even agreed to this fight. It was twenty five, and And uh, so they just said next time. There never was a next time, and I never got my money. So. Uh, but now, didn't, shouldn't Monty have gotten your money for you? He said that he said they had never stuck him in his 17 years of dealing with him. They had never not paid. Um, they weren't real happy with the fight, I guess. Well, I wasn't real happy about getting poked in the eye, you know, during the fight and not yeah. being called. Um, but uh, it was funny. Afterward, Bob Sapp um, may have, or may not have had a duffel bag full of narcotics and HGH <laughs> and things of that nature. I can't verify that. But uh, he had me a, a bottle, and he pulled out a handful of just like, he goes, careful, those are tins. Um, meaning Percocet or Vicodin, and I had never seen white tins before. 
despite my years in the narcotics industry. Right. No, I had never seen those before, and uh, I thought they were fives. I just thought he was you know, mistaken, which I should never second-guess Bob Sapp on <laughs> pharmacology, I guess. Right. But uh, so normally I would have to take four or five of those to get any pain relief of like, you know, like the five milligrams. So I take five of them. I don't remember much after that other than I had a couple drinks, and then I was like giving a toast to um, Anoki, the guy that fought Muhammad Ali at yeah, yeah. a birthday party, and I like took the microphone and was up there like giving a toast in English, talking about how he was my childhood hero. And I see my girlfriend at the time sitting there staring at me like, "What are you doing?" Like she was like my my moment of clarity. Like she's looking at my shaking head, like, "Why? Are you, why did you grab the microphone? Why are you even right. talking at this?" And no one speaks English there; they're all just looking at me like, "Why did I grab the microphone?" And I gave some big long speech and then hand the microphone back. It was like uh, it was bad news. Now, now but, while uh, Bubba was fighting, like, and I look, I, Bubba's coming to my Bubba's a great guy coming to my wedding. Him and his wife are coming, uh, but his wife was screaming at him, "Get up!" Jesse, get up! Like, you could hear it, <laughs> the and, time. and the entire time. So she was cheering for Jesse. That, well, his name is Jesse Jenkins. No, this is the real name. Okay, I got you. Uh, but <laughs> now, if that was me, I would have been like, like looked at my wife, like you try fighting this guy. Like that right. would annoy the shit out of me. Uh, have you ever had that? Like your girlfriend or wife yell at you? By the way, Eve Edwards just showed up. Uh, has that ever happened to you? You can you can hear them, but I mean, I've never had someone like a wife. At me, but, yeah, I know she's his trainer, but that would that would irritate me so much to be like have your wife scream at you during the fight. Have you seen the but, video where the guy's like, "Mom, shut up!" That, that was, was about to say yeah, Khalil. Yeah, that was yeah, Khalil Roundtree. Yeah, round yeah. yeah. Mom, I actually mentioned that to him during when I met him. That was the first thing I said, and he he didn't look too happy that that's what I said. So I was yeah. like, "All right," because I think he lost that fight, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I was like, because oh, no. it's annoying. Yeah, you, you could hear like certain people like uh, when Rashad fought Lyoto. You could hear Rashad's now ex-wife, but at the time wife, get up, Rashad, get up, Rashad. Like you can hear it. And um, whose was it? I, mean, I think Demetrius' wife. Yelling get too. up is not helping you. I don't. I mean, it's just, <laughs> maybe he just hadn't thought of that yet. Like maybe I should get up. Just stand up. But even like get hand control or block your face. Or yeah, but she doesn't know that. Out or it was something. But like just yelling get up is not really. Head you know, that's like my dad before wrestling matches would be like, Adam, uh, go for the leg. Right. I'm like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> really like, yeah, I'm sweep the leg. I, I didn't, uh, now, by the way, so that was, uh, and then that card, though, there must have been 70 fights. Oh, my God. Like, there were less fights at Walmart on Black Friday. Than, I mean, like, literally, their whole, their whole motto was more fights, less show or something. That's their, yeah. that's their motto. But there can be such a thing as too many fights. Well, 24 is a bit much. They had 24 fights. And it was one after another. So you couldn't even process what happened in the fight before by the time the next fight happened. And the guys were like, I mean, literally, they'd be like, and the winner is. Boom. Now introducing. Like, 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 <laughs> right? And they also had no bout order. So it was like you could look on the website and be like, okay, this guy just fought. Bubba's next. And then you go and it's like. They're going. They're like, like, wait, it's Jesse and running instead. up and yeah. down the car. It made no sense. Yeah, you don't so know. Weird. You don't know. Uh, you but can't gauge when certain people. I was are having fighting. Robert Whiteford, Robert Beat Nam fan. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was a Robert's standing, tough man. Yeah, that, that standing guillotine. He put him to sleep too. Yeah, that was, he just I mean, dropped him. Yeah. And what do you? What do you suppose? He's, he's not gonna rest like, him down. He were on him. the thing. He just let go, and you just see splat like John Jones Machida. Yeah, because he's trying to look cool. That was yeah. So good for Robert Nam. I know he posted. He retired. Uh, he lost three fights in a row, all by first round submission or something. He's like, you know, I'm- I had I had this thing on my um, on my f- news feed a few days ago. I was scrolling through my feed, and they're both friends of mine. Yeah. Um, and it says Robert posts this thing and says, uh, 
look at oh Robert is looking to wham bam slam nam fam or something and then the very next line was uh was something posted by nam yeah, yeah. and it said look at this asshole <laughs> but it was because somebody had parked over the white line it was just perfect timing <laughs> that's awesome and then uh and then that's Luke- ironic too an Asian guy complained about someone's driving <laughs> and, yeah that's true also yeah. uh, I felt bad for Luke Barnott you know he's a friend of the show a friend of me he uh he lost in 20, you know, because he, he, he got knocked out pretty quick, 21 seconds. It was one of those things. First punch that connected, he was out. And then, I, you know, so I, I, I hit him up. I'm like, hey, man, you know, I hope you're okay. He's like, he's like, 21 seconds, mate, not good. And I'm like, but you know what? I go, some, you know, it doesn't matter if it's 21 seconds or, 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 or third round. A punch is a punch. If you can take yeah. a, Sometimes also that first punch is one that you're not expecting, but if you haven't got hit that hard. That was always my biggest fear going into every fight. I'd be like, God, please just not a one-punch knockout. Like, I just don't let me get knocked out in front of all these people first punch that hits me. But uh, Why is that the most embarrassing to you? Um, I guess the, like having to accept that another man can beat you in a fight is really hard to take. Um, maybe not for an average person, but like if you fight, like having like knowing that if he broke in your house and you didn't have a weapon, he could do whatever he wanted to your wife and kids eight seconds later after he knocked you out or whatever it was, you know, like that's one of my biggest fears. So once I hurt my back, I just start carrying a gun everywhere I went because I didn't want to like back down anymore, you know, from people. Um, ever again Adam's looking at me Like I'm insane well, That seems like, like A huge <laughs> jump Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I just I don't know I just don't 325 pounder I can't really whoop anybody There might be a couple Got fucking gun Yeah that's what Bill Burr I, You got Actually Adam hooked up So I got to meet Bill Burr One of my like heroes In comedy um, so I got to meet him after a show in Indianapolis. It was funny because me and Matt Mitrone are going to meet him. And I don't know if you guys know anything about Matt, but he is the most undependable person you've ever met in your life. <laughs> like Matt could be walking up the stairs to do this podcast with you, and then you can't find him. Like you know, he wouldn't be. He'll no show that. Sounds the like Jeff Monson. Yeah. Like he, I mean, so me and Matt, I, I arrange it or Matt arrange it so we get to meet Bill Burr and Matt's real excited because there's five thousand people at his show and like we're the only two that get to go back. So they're waiting to bring us back. And Matt says, hey, I'm going to grab a beer real quick. I was like, no, no, we're going back, man. Like, hey, just real, real quick. He disappears for 30 minutes. And so I can tell the, the opening act guy who's the common link, who's Adam's friend, is going to introduce us, is getting irritated. Yeah. Like, dude, I'm supposed to be out here meeting people. You know, I said, I don't know where he went. So they just take me back. Next thing I know, Matt's already back there somehow. He's already talked his way <laughs> back there. And he's talking to Bill Burr, and I see Bill Burr, like, drifting off talking to him because Matt's giving him the most uninteresting fight details of anybody, <laughs> like, Matt was like, yeah, so we train. Then I train leg kicks and this and that, and I see him. And so I start recording Matt, and he turns and looks at me like, what are you doing? He goes, oh, you're trying to be, make fun? You know, trying to clown on me? I said, no, dude. I said, I just have trouble sleeping a lot. I said, so I figure I'll just watch this the next time <laughs> I get, you know, can't sleep. I said, because I almost passed out three times listening to you tell that story about your leg kicks to Bill Burr. He doesn't give a shit what he's talking about. You know, you can tell. So Burr starts laughing, and then he asked me if I fought, and I said, yeah. And Bill's like, okay, so it wasn't enough. You could beat up almost everybody naturally just by being big. You had to go learn how to fight, too, uh, you know, or whatever. And then I just told him I was I'll really tell you, insecure. though, when I saw Mark Hunt versus Overeem, yes. uh, I looked at, uh, at Bree, my girl, I go, that's the guy that Sean beat in a minute and a half. That felt yeah. pretty damn good. A minute and three seconds, actually. But um, that's why I used to tell <laughs> When I beat him, I was telling everybody um, – I was like, gosh, it only took Fedor eight times as long to beat him as me. I kept coming up with the math, and I was saying no one had ever beat him that fast, and then someone brought up the Melvin Manhoff fight, which I, to this day, swear it was K-1, even though it wasn't. I just tell people, no, it was K-1, it doesn't count. But, um, yeah, I, someone said, I didn't know if it's true, but somebody said they were watching the fights the other night, and they said Dominic Cruz said, I cannot believe McCorkle ever beat Mark Hunt. Like, they said he pulled that out or whatever, which I thought was funny. Like, I was laughing. They said, they can't, or he said, I can't believe he lost to that guy. Like, that's what he tried to say, you that's know, or weird. whatever. 
Yeah, I thought it was a little much, especially I'll go when. Back and hear, see if he says. That. I know. I gotta go crazy. back and watch Fight Pass now and see if he. Uh, hey, did you guys hear the UFC is no longer providing access to uh, scouting tapes for coaches? Like you have to get on Fight Pass to pay yeah, for it. Yeah. I love that. That was awesome. By the way, Eve, you did a great job over the weekend on Fox Sports. Thanks, man. It was uh, fun. He's getting hey, a lot of he love. He was on man. Fox Sports over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was imagining that or something. No. Somebody, yeah, I saw like clips of it or whatever. Yeah, he did a really great job. Now you and Bisbing have some kind of beef. What's going on with you and Bisbing? You told him you thought GSP was going to yeah, beat him? Yeah, the GSP comment was yeah. hilarious. What happened? I thought I think GSP can win that fight. <laughs> right. And, 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 and they asked me that question. And did Bisbee get upset afterwards? Was there like behind the scenes that he got kind of annoyed? Or? I don't. He wasn't annoyed behind the scenes. I mean, we spoke about it there and then, and he knew my feelings about it. So it just it is what it is. He was telling me one time at the dime bar that his son always is like, Three-year-old kid always tells him he's going to lose before every fight. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, 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 what a little kid. Did I put that you, kid up for adoption. Did I ever tell you about when I found out I was on the video game, I was real excited for my son, you know, or whatever. Like, not for, I don't know, when you're a little boy, you probably dream of, I always dream of being on Mad, don't want to, you know, NBA Live. So I get the game. I had to buy it, of course. But uh, I was excited um, to get it, so I had my little boy setting it up. I go upstairs to make a phone call, and I come down, and uh, it's me versus Cain Velasquez, and I'm just getting my ass whipped. That's how I knew it was a game. Yeah. No. I'm just getting my ass whipped, right, getting killed. And I was like, come on, little dude, I'm getting killed. Like, you got to do something. He goes, no, Dad, I'm Kane." And I was like, I said, wait, you're playing against me on the game? He goes, Dad, this is no offense. Your ratings aren't that great. He goes, you're like the third worst heavyweight on here. Like, only Pat Barry and someone else are worse than you. And I was like... You little bastard. It was like, uh, okay. Justin McCauley. Somebody, yeah, yeah, something like that. And I was like, dude, <laughs> and Yes, okay. I do know that for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he was disappointed. And I was like, maybe you should play as one of your friend's dads. Oh, you don't have any friends with a dad on a video game? And uh, he goes, and I swear to God, my son's nine. He goes, even if they were, their ratings wouldn't be much worse than yours. <laughs> oh, no yeah, he starts saying, look at your striking. It's terrible, like a 17% rating or whatever it was. I was like, oh, my gosh, that little dude is. That is hilarious. By the way, Eve's son is here in the, at the podcast. You got to give a cool-looking son, by the way. Thanks, man. This guy As opposed to those dirty-ass sons we're used to. Come on. Dude, Come here, buddy. This dude must get all the girls. Remember, right? How old are you? 13. 13 years old. Nice. Do you, you play sports? No. No? No? No. 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 You, you do uh, martial arts or jiu-jitsu? Or? Nope. No. He likes, he likes computers and programming. You wait, and you're going to have a much better career than all of yes, us. High five right there. You're going to have a real career. Nice he's, job. He's using his brain. He's much smarter than me already. Not, oh, there you go. Do you, ca- you catch Pokemon? Yeah, the catch is Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Good for you. What's your name? Yvonne. Yvonne, nice to meet you, buddy. Nice to meet you. you got a really cool dad. Your dad's a I legend. had a really cool kid. And I had a really cool kid. Like I'll it. never forget the first time I met Eves. He probably doesn't even remember, despite my boyish good looks that are striking. <laughs> we were at Moosen in... Boston. Bo- yeah, but yeah. they call it Whistler or Histler, but it's not even spelled like that, like some weird-ass yeah. town there. Yeah. And uh, Tim Sylvia was fighting Worcester. Pujanowski. W- Wooster, yeah. Worcester, Worcester. Yeah, yeah. He was fighting uh, Pujanowski there, and that's when everybody thought Pujanowski was going to be amazing because he leg-kicked some Asian guy three times or something. <laughs> um, like, in that, like, then he was going to be amazing, but... Um, so we were fighting. I remember, Eves, you were either cutting weight last minute or cutting really hard because you looked miserable, man. Yeah. I remember you were in a suit jumping rope, and I remember thinking, God, that's got to suck because you already looked drained out. And I think you were still one or two over. I was one over. I yeah. couldn't get that off. I yeah. was, it was I miserable. Remember, I remember looking at him just thinking, oh, my gosh, man, that's got to be so. Because, yeah, I mean, he was drained. You can who tell who are you still fighting? Good. Mike Campbell. Did you win? Mm-hmm. I won, but they gave him the decision. Uh, damn, and what, what, what are this? Is it uh, Affliction or what? Moosen. No, it was uh, Moosen. They were only around one fight, and it was so funny because Monty told me, this is right when Monty was approaching me about managing me. Like He was like, he always thought I was an asshole for my stuff right online. Imagine that. So Monty never wanted anything to do with me despite me being 11-0 and 0 or whatever. 
and uh, defeating the best of the best, like uh, <laughs> Tiny Norton. But um, <laughs> I always had this theory that I just fight the worst. Like, a win is a win. So I would fight the worst fighter possible, even if it's only for $100, because eventually... If I got to 15-0, they're going to give me a shot. Well, right? look at so boxers did all the time. That's what, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I took the boxing model. So, um, But, yeah, so I asked Monty. I said, Monty, you think I get on their next show? And Monty's like, oh, there won't be a next show. And I said, no, you don't think so? He goes, no, I got like five of my guys on here. And he told me what Sylvia was getting paid, what Travis View was getting paid. He said they'll be out of business after this show. You're paying like, too much. Yeah, I mean, they over – yeah, Monty was – Monty's a great guy to have as an agent and the worst guy to deal with if you're promoting shows as far as that because he will get top dollar for his guys, man. Like, I mean, yeah. like way more than the worth. He got – I believe I don't want to put Tim's business out there, but I think he got Tim Sylvia something like sixty or eighty grand to fight for Fight Tour, their first fight they put on the Quad Cities. Something like eighty grand to fight a guy, Pat Barantine, who I think was five and three or something. And um, like I was talking to Monty, he said they wanted to do my. They were going to have me fight Scott Junk in Hawaii, their next show. This is right outside the UFC. Scott Junk got mad at me one time at a comedy club. But go Did on. He? Yeah, yeah, he said uh, he said that he was going to have me fight Scott Junk. Right. This is right after the UFC released me, I believe. Um, for saying things about a Native American girl I was dating, which doesn't seem fair. Did I tell you that story? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was on. dating this Native American girl, yeah. kind of, and I was texting her, and she happened to mention she's on her college rowing team, right? Yeah. So, of course, I text back, I bet you can canoe like a motherfucker, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is a great joke. Yeah, yeah. I think. I don't know. <laughs> it got real quiet in here. But, uh, <laughs> so I screenshot that and put that on Twitter, you know, because she's on it's college a funny rowing team, joke. She can canoe. It's a pretty harmless joke as well. Right. So, I mean, um, uh, the fact that we kind of murdered all the Native right. Americans. Well, that's the other thing. You guys did, right, white uh, people, not me. I don't have nothing to do with that. Y'all brought us over here. Hey, I didn't kill any Native Americans. But I killed Jesus. My, oh, my, shit. Uh, that was the Romans. And my grandparents were from Russia and Canada. But go on. Anyway, so, um, I, um, so then a few days later it was Thanksgiving, and I sent her, I said, Happy Thanksgiving. I put that on Twitter, a screenshot. Yeah. I put Happy Thanksgiving. Sorry, we stole all your shit and texted it to her or whatever. And she didn't respond for like a day, so I thought maybe she didn't like that. So then I tried to follow it up, and I put and made it way better with a bunch of A's, you know? Yeah. And sent it to her, and then she thought it was funny. So I screenshot that and put that on Twitter. So like the following Monday after Thanksgiving, I get a text from Joe Silva from UFC. He said, Sean, Joe Silva, UFC. I said, hey, Joe, what's up? And he's like, I need you to do me a favor. He said, anything you want, Joe. I'm just trying to stay in their good graces. You know how the UFC is and or was. Anything you want, Joe. Like, I didn't know if they want me to make an appearance or whatever. And, and he goes, um, can you stop saying racist shit and putting it on Twitter? Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, or whatever. Like, that's so, like he's mad. So I just put, uh, what if it's really funny, though? I texted it back to him and just said that. And his response, I swear, his response was, oh, my God. That's all he said back. Yeah, yeah. And so I, never, I didn't respond. I didn't know what to say. Like, okay, well, yeah. I'll just leave it at that. And then um, I got my walking papers about two weeks later. I think, really? Yeah, it wasn't much, wasn't much longer after that. You think that, that, that would they, be was why? Uh, Monty told me, this whole interview's about Monty, but... um. Monty told me when I asked why they released me, because I, I mean, I beat Hunt. I lost to Struve and Moorcraft, but Struve was decent, you know? Yeah. And Moorcraft, I just fought terrible against. And the heavyweight division's always thin. And uh, Monty said it was the risk wasn't worth the reward to them. That was their exact words. And I was like, what does that mean? He goes, you know what it means. Like, the stuff you say and do isn't going to be worth the potential bad, right. you know, press versus, he goes, not like you're ever going to be UFC heavyweight champ of the world. And I was like, thanks for the vote of confidence That's there, that, Monty. The so Monty's probably but mad at me because I, you know, I shit in his pool. He was, um, <laughs> he, um, I was supposed to. He was. He bet. He bet a bunch of money on Rich Clemente. Yeah. He was like, "Oh man, this guy's gonna get me a new pool. Um, this guy's beating Jens up in the gym, and uh, he's gonna destroy Eve." But that guy got fucked up for about thirteen <laughs> Rich, minutes. There you go. Rich Clemente helped me get a real hot South American girl in an airport one time by acting like I was a super famous fighter and he was a fan because I saw him and I recognized. Him. I had never met him, but I saw him. I said, "Hey, you want to do me a favor?" I said, "There's a girl. She was just on the same fly as me. I was checking her out." I don't know how I knew she was South American. I could just tell him. Right. She ended up being Colombian. But we were on our way to Miami, 
And uh, so I said, hey. cocaine. Go on. Yeah. I said, I said, I said, uh, I said, come over to me and act like I'm a, I'm a like real big deal or whatever, like a famous fighter. And uh, I'll be standing over there buyer. And he was like, yeah. okay. And my plan was to switch around on him and be like, I was a fan of his to make him uncomfortable, but it didn't work out. So he came over and he was like, oh my God, Sean McCorkle. I was like, hey man, what's up? He goes, he's like, do you know who this is to the girls or whatever? He's like, can you take a picture with us? And he's got them taking pictures of me and him together. I still have them. Uh, and then I ended up hanging out with that chick all weekend in Miami. Love it. Love out. it. Love it. All right. I want to thank our sponsors before we talk to Angela Hill. Blue Apron, the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. I'm telling you, cooking together builds strong family bonds. Research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often. Those who spend a lot of, those who spend a lot of restaurants or at high-energy grocery chains can now spend under $10 per person for a delicious meal. They've established partnership in over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S. And as a result, uh, they, um, their seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. And uh, their featured upcoming meals include salmon piccata with orzo and broccoli, pork chops and miso butter with bok choy and marinated apple, vegetable chili and baked sweet potatoes, as well as spicy shrimp coconut curry with cabbage and rice. I'm telling you guys, Blue Apron's affordable, less than $10 per meal. They've got a great variety. They're flexible. They're easy. They're guaranteed freshness. Promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash MMA roast. You'll love how good it feels, how good it tastes, and uh, you'll be able to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. Don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash MMA roast. Also, I want to talk to you about the boatload of money you can make this week betting at mybookie.ag. If you haven't checked them out, tonight is the perfect time to get into the action. The March Madness is here. Lay down some money and score big on college hoops. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround and asking for a payout? I freaking hate that. But you can come join mybookie today. That's why I urge you to make your way to mybookie. You win, they pay. Fast without any hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. Join now and MyBookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. That's right. If you join with $100, you get an extra 50 bucks to bankroll to play with. Just pro, uh, use promo code MMA50, right? MMA50? Is that 5-0 or spelled out, Adam? Uh, that, that's 5-0. Okay. Uh, I'm just curious. So, that works. Check it out. Play, win, get paid. All right. We are calling a, a girl who, uh, who I like a lot. She's an awesome fighter. She's uh she's a uh, pretty hot as well. I saw her at the MMA awards. And I was like, damn! You ever see that when uh, fighters get they, they get dressed up? It's a whole different fighter. Every time I look in the mirror, man. Yeah, works out. <laughs> I was not talking about you, but but thank you. We also have to talk about the fights that happened this weekend. By the way, uh, that guy who beat Benil Darush. Uh, Just that guy. Edson Barboza is a monster. <clears throat> I mean, I can't believe Edwin Barbosa was the that guy in that matchup. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've never was, even heard of the other guy. I thought you were talking oh, about Benicio oh, Del Toro or something. No, Benil's my he's he's been on the podcast. He's, he's great, Benil. Is he was it? actually doing really well before that. Yeah, he, did, he was that crazy. I was surprised by his game plan too because there's a guy who went up against Cron Gracie and uh, lost by like I think one point or some kind of overtime. Great jujitsu. I thought that was where he was going to take it, and he was. Like, I think he was just comfortable. He was having success, you know. Hello, Angela Hill. Hello. Hello. You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Big Sexy Sean McCorkle, uh, Little Sexy Eve Edwards, and No Sexy CB Gold. Uh, how are you, man? How are you, man? How are you, woman? Wait, how are you? Wait. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. 
Okay, say it again. <laughs> okay, you're here with you're here with Sean McCorkle, CB Gold, and Eve Edwards. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good, good. It was great seeing you at the awards. You looked very hot, by the way, in that little, in that little dress. Whoa. I, oh, I thank you. Yeah, I, a thank lot of times, you you, a lot of times you kind of don't get dressed up. You kind of play down your hotness, but not in this situation. <laughs> I was like, yeah, every now and then you gotta polish off, you know, the the fighter. Let them out. And wait, wait, them every now and then you, you gotta polish kick. off a fighter. Is that what you said? <laughs> you said you gotta polish What's off that? a fighter every now and then. That's... Polish off a fighter, yeah. Polish off the fighter. Oh, oh, yes. On the Can top I just say that... of your skin and <laughs> yeah, you the woman Adam, Adam likes to see skin. women. Fight. You can polish off a fighter first. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure know. your husband's very happy to hear this. Uh, what were you saying? I was going to say Adam likes to see women. I always, I always forget that I have to watch. <laughs> you can't get a word in edgewise, can you, Sean? <laughs> Typical one. It will take the raunchiest turn possible. <laughs> right. No, you, you look great. You look great. Uh, your, 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 fight, your last fight was awesome, by the way. Uh, that uh, You didn't get the win, but it was Darn close. You almost got the win. It was uh, fast and furious. I think a lot of people were counting you out before that fight. They thought you were going to go in there. It was going to be an ambush. Uh, you came out and made it a, made it a war. Uh, how do you feel about that fight? Um, it was, yeah, you know, it's, it's weird because, you know, obviously I, uh, I still kind of get pissed off at myself. I think about certain moments where I could have done better. I could have, like landed more or just, you know, started doing certain things that were working earlier in the fight. Um, but yeah, you know, like I, I am happy with all the like accolades that I've received and, you know, the love from the fans, uh, all the new fans that saw it and who did count me out and are now like kind of on, on my, on my bandwagon. So, uh, so yeah, I've gotten a lot of positives from that fight, even though I got the loss. So yeah, it's been pretty cool. I mean, were you surprised that all of a sudden, like, you know, you get cut by the UFC, you go to Invicta, you win the belt, and they want to have, and then you come back and your first fight is against Jessica Andrade. Were you surprised that, that they were throwing you in there with the wolf uh, so, so quickly? Well, I actually asked for that fight. Like, um, I, um, I felt like we matched up really well. And, uh, you know, she was a little more aggressive than I thought she'd be throughout the entire fight. I definitely thought she'd slow down a bit. And I'd be able to pick her, pick her apart a little bit better. But, um, you know, I felt like that was a really good opportunity for me. And, um, after my last fight in Invicta, they offered me to fight Justine, but I had been beat up just from my last fight camp. So I knew they were looking for me. Like they, they were interested in bringing me back in. And, uh, when I saw that Andrade needed an opponent and I was fully healed up, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I asked for that fight. I knew people would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you, David? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was picking these dumbass fights, but, um, but yeah, you know, I, I've always had a lot of confidence in myself and, uh, and my coaches were definitely on board. They thought that I had what I need, what, it, what, what was needed to beat her and to make a huge statement. And, um, even though I didn't beat her, I felt like I still made a statement and, uh, you know, it was a, I felt like it was a good career move, even without getting the getting the win. So now, who gets the Invicta belt? I don't know. That's up to Invicta. <laughs> they released me, so um, so yeah, I'm 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 still watching. I'm I'm curious too. Who do you think uh, deserves they it? They have um, they have the girl that I took it from fighting on the next card, 
but uh, but it's not going to be for the belt for some reason. So, so yeah, maybe they'll like throw it in there later as a surprise or something. But uh, but yeah, I'm not sure. Do you think the next two contenders behind you, the one and two, they should fight for it right away, or they need to have a tournament for the belt? Um, for the for Invicta. For your belt, yeah, the belt you had to relinquish. I think a tournament would be pretty sweet just because, um, you know, they took so many strollites from Invicta, like not even like even in the last six months, they signed like three or four who were uh, who were pretty, you know, pretty well known. So. uh, So, yeah, I think it would be a good way to introduce all the new strollites who are coming in and, uh, you know, see see who really has what it takes to be the champ over there. So, yeah, I think a tournament would be cool. you know, it's it's hard for for these girls to get recognition when they're coming in and they only have like one or two fights, and that's a lot of the a lot of the uh, roster at Invicta now that UFC has taken a bunch of their uh, bunch of their girls from most uh, from all the weight classes except for flyweight, I think. So, so yeah, I think tournaments would would definitely work and it'd be a good way to introduce the girls and um, yeah, see who's who really stands out amongst them. Now, how do you think uh, Andrade does against Joanna? I'm hoping she knocks her out because that'll make me look awesome, you know? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's what I'm hoping happens. And, you know, I, I feel like uh, Joanna hasn't really dealt with anyone with her pressure before. Like, even Gadella or Gadelia, yeah. um, even, even, even she kind of stays on stays on the edge of her punches and goes in and out a lot and um you know a draw and draw just tries to like force her way in she now eve is shaking his everything head. by the way we, and she keeps coming forward we so, have a guy that does so, not, yeah that might we, we, uh eve over here does not seem to think that she's gonna do that well against joanna right what what if what's going on here joanna i you know i was down mike mike helps joanna mike is one of my best friends in the world and um he's one of her main uh-huh. coaches and I, I've watched her a couple of rounds, so a couple of days while I was down there, and the improvements she's making. You know, the, her wrestling is getting better. That's that's. I think that's her biggest weakness. And once she shores that up, she's gonna hold on to that belt for a while, man. Mm. I mean, she's already held on mm. to it consistently, <laughs> but I don't. I don't this, this is gonna be. She's, well. she's gonna make it hard for a lot of people. I don't know. This is uh, shots fired. That's here. a that's a cute opinion, but <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> That's a cute opinion. Was that? Damn. What do you know? What do you know? What do I know about fighting anyway? (laughs) No, I'm joking. No, I know. Cute opinion. But um, but yeah, you know, it's a. I feel like her pressure is something that's that's kind of hard to deal with. Um, so if she doesn't hit her with like that, you know. That uh, magic punch, that magic elbow that, like, drops her, that knocks her out, I feel like she's going to be really, really frustrated. And, um, you know, she, I feel like uh, Godella was, did do well with the pressuring before she got super tired. And then that's, like, you know, when Joanna came back and just kind of tagged her up. So if Andrade can pull off what she did against me for five rounds, I think she has a chance. But at the same time, like, I think Joanna has good elbows and i think that's the one thing that was working for me in the fight good knees and elbows so uh so yeah i think she she's probably gonna get busted up a lot even if she does win i'm looking forward to that fight it's, How do you, it's in houston right dallas 
Dallas. Dallas. Dallas yeah. Uh, Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Angela, I was curious. This is Sean McCorkle. Um, in case you don't know who I am, you should Google me. No, I was curious. Um, we were talking earlier <laughs> a little bit about. Um, you know, women's fighting, bringing you on, obviously. And um, I heard Joe Rogan say um, that Amanda Nunes, I guess, is the first openly gay UFC champion, you know, in the history of the sport or whatever. And then immediately right after, I was on Twitter, and uh, I saw Michael Bisping respond, now, wait a damn minute. I don't know. I thought that was funny. Oh. Like, he's gay. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. <laughs> that was a lot That's not what I was going to say earlier, though. <laughs> what I was going to say earlier, though, is... <laughs> Earlier when you guys were talking about Adam was saying he likes to see uh, <laughs> He was surprised Like when he saw y'all dressed up Like some of the female fighters Really clean up nice Like they're just beautiful You know like uh, And you wouldn't expect it But uh, for my money uh, There's nothing sexier Than a woman who's Been locked in a cage Right before getting punched In the face a couple hundred times Really? Yeah That's, uh, that's what you're <laughs> Yeah I don't by, know. by the way I noticed uh, that Your husband is white uh, have you always dated white guys? <laughs> Doesn't or, matter what color he is. Or, or, or do you mostly? Oh my god! No, or, Wait, let's like, go back to the bitching thing. I didn't. I, I could barely hear you, so it took me a while to no, figure it out. Don't worry, you're 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 you're, you're, you're way <laughs> better off. That was pretty good. No, I was wondering. I, wanna, I was wait, I was wondering. Angela, did you? But yeah, no. Um, no, he's my first. Uh, I guess he was my first white boyfriend. <laughs> your your husband, or your boyfriend, <laughs> so whatever he is, dating. your boyfriend. Now, do, do you do you mostly date white guys? He's not white though. He's not white. He's Scottish. He, oh, he's Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? He's exotic. He's one of those exotic white guys. But Scotland is not exotic. It's not an exotic place. <laughs> Wait, Scotland? Yeah, exotic. <laughs> but but I'm saying, yeah, but, that's but, but before him, on the white people scale. But before him, did you date? <laughs> did you always go for white guys, or you kind of go back and forth? the brothers like what, what what was your type were you like captain kirk oh uh, man when when I, I i was dating like all these ufo dudes like <laughs> i i kind of had a type before that um you know i was in art school and you know the artsy artsy black guy with dreads like that was like my type like anyone who like kind of <laughs> resembled that at all like, so you were like le- like kind of like lenny for. kravitz kind of guys if he could draw yeah, but like you know, More hood. A, little, a, a little bleedier, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so you were mostly but, um, right, right. So, so was your husband yeah, the first? Yeah, was, was your husband the first white that? guy you, you you ever went for? Um, I mean, I had crushes, and um, I, I I think my taste was pretty much all over the place. But I, I I'm more of a personality person mm. than a looks person. So if someone was just kind of interesting to me, then um. Then I go for them. Did she so just call her boyfriend? There are ugly? a lot of yeah. crushes. Yeah, she of called them ugly. Multiple ethnicities, <laughs> but um, but like when it comes to dating, I only dated like maybe uh, two or three um, guys that weren't black. You say it. You say it. <laughs> black. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what are you? And one's my husband. <laughs> yes, got it. Okay, so your husband. He seems like a real nice guy, but he seems very introverted, kind of shy. Like, you're definitely, like, yeah. the loud one in the relationship. Yeah, and, you know, and, and I'm pretty shy myself. So, like, when we're at home, like, I don't know, like, people, like our tenants before we met them, not our tenants, but, like, our, our uh, neighbors or whatever, before we would meet them, they'd always think we were, like, this old couple upstairs because we never make any noise or anything. Like, yeah, we're both pretty like shy and reserved um, outside of right, you know people right. that were comfortable around. So like, yeah, like the whole like UFC stuff and and the Ultimate Fighter stuff. It kind of like forced me to come out of my shell and 
and just show my personality a little more. But, um, but yeah, I've always been kind of shy. And hey. then fart on people. Oh, yeah, then <laughs> fart on people. Exactly. Hey, Angela, have you seen... Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I mean, that doesn't have to do with being shy, though. <laughs> hey, Angela, have, have you and your husband seen the movie Get Out? No, not yet. I know. It's it's so horrible that we haven't seen it yet. Because basically, like, when I went... It's your life? You got to, um... You got to go and... <laughs> you, little switch, but, yeah. you got to go and see that movie. And I, I would love... To, I would love to be there and just watch you guys' reaction at the it's end. It's about interracial think, couples? Is that what it's about? Uh, it's... Yeah, I guess it's, um... It's about... It's about... No um, spoilers. Yeah, I won't spoil it. But I'd love to see... I would love to see your reactions at the end. Now I gotta ask you: Is Angel yeah. is Angel Magana really as loose as she claims she is? What? Because as what? Is she really as like promiscuous and loose as she claims she is, or because like all the ass pictures she puts on the internet and going to Puerto Rico and and banging the whole country? Like, is <laughs> is that really what's going on? Tell us the truth. Um, I don't know. She hasn't been here in a long time. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, we don't we don't really talk that much anymore. Um, but last last I heard, she had a boyfriend. So. Oh, good. I just I just maybe it was just funny. The fact, <laughs> maybe like, he would know. <laughs> he would know. <laughs> yeah. I hope so, or maybe not. Hey, who knows? <laughs> yeah. No, I like loved it when you guys would hang out with Rowdy Beck, and uh, it was just a really funny click you guys had going there. Yeah, now, yeah. Now we 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 had Random Marcos on the podcast last time, and I, I I mentioned your Twitter comment about how she was the mean one in the house and no one liked her, and that she was talking all. This, <laughs> and she said, "Who's Angela Hill?" So she, oh, <laughs> burn. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> She's yeah. Or <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah, she doesn't know who I am because she blocked me on Twitter the second uh, we got out of the house. So, right, um, right. Yeah, it's it's pretty cute that uh, she did it. Cute is like my word today. Cute, like, I don't know what that's about. Right. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, like, I've called her out. I've called out uh, JoJo and their whole crew. And yeah, I haven't really gotten in, uh, any responses yet. Um but yeah, you know, that's what happens when people block you on Twitter. <laughs> hey, so JoJo, if you're listening, JoJo or Random Marcos, Angela Hill wants to fight you, right? <laughs> Thanks. No, no, no problem. You heard it here first, guys. You heard it here first. Uh, so anyway, all right. Well, listen, Angela Hill, you're awesome. You're, you're a great girl. You're a, I can't wait for your next fight. You're getting better every single time. I mean, she beat me up when I came down there. Really? Yeah. She beat you up? It was fun. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you got me a cool move. Angel, I just wanted to add that uh, if you happen to be single at any point again in the future, um, that being a pro athlete's not the only thing I have in common with most black men. <laughs> and uh, by that, I mean technically I don't have a job. So. <laughs> I just wanted wait, to put that out there. Wait, say it again. I, oh, I can't hear you. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> you want me to repeat really, it? It's really like. No, I was just saying that uh, this is Sean McCorkle again. I was saying that uh, if you're ever single again, uh, to keep me in mind because uh, I was saying that you know being a pro athlete's not the only thing I have in common with most black men, if you know what I mean. And then the uh, follow up ah. was that uh, by that I mean technically I don't have a job. Yes. But, so. But, that was supposed to be funny. I'm that's sorry. Not really, but, but, that's not really. But, but, penis, but, but, but Angel, you seem like the kind of girl that penis size is not important to you, right? I, it seems like you're you're de- you're, you're deeper than that, right? Am I right? 
sense. I think that, no, no, it's um, you know, it's that's. That's like an insult to my husband, if that's what you think. Uh, oh, no. Oh, oh, you say so your, husband's, <laughs> your, so your husband's huge. Is that what you're saying? Your husband's got like at least seven, eight, nine inches, 12? Yeah. <laughs> the answer yeah, to that, pretty good. The, like, my, my, good. my girl yeah. would say, I'm satisfied. Definitely, definitely at top, the very least. Top, uh, well, she would say, she would She'd say, say he's yes. Got a top penis. That's what you say. He's top. He's a top. So, people, just so you know, Angela Hill's husband is, is packing. If, right. any, if anybody here yeah. says differently, Michael Bisping, if you're listening, Michael Bit, yes. So. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> that's, oh, that's what he said. Funny. Um, I've been. Uh, I'm. I'm working on this collage where I put together all the dick pics that I've gotten on Snapchat. Oh my gosh. And um, yeah, and it's pretty fun because like I like seeing the reaction of the guys after I snap it like they'll go oh you like that <laughs> wait how many guys are sending and, um, you dick pics on snapchat <laughs> it's, it's a good handful of people I have one guy who sends me fart but um <laughs> you can't really like snap that um but uh but yeah aside from that I, I have like maybe four or five like um, four or five, like every couple of weeks. So. <laughs> you, 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 get, you get four regular or five dick, dick pics a week. Now, do you ask for them, or do people just send them to you? No, they send them. Like they'll get the Snapchat, and then they'll send it, and then I'll snap it. And I think some are like repeat offenders, just because I keep saving them. But <laughs> well, we want we want to apologize. Like we did thing. we did tell Joe the kid to stop sending dick pics. But yes, of course. Where we apologize? <laughs> yeah. So that's something you should do on these on these on these cards when you look forward to these cards on um, where the women are fighting. Yeah. What's the over under on how many dick pics that's they get a week? I I, I, I won't even send my fiance. A Dick pic. Yeah. Yes, for it. I'm like, no. I don't want my phone getting hacked, and that. Uh, but but and, and girls aren't sending male fighters twat shots. I, I don't understand Maybe why. Not you. Why are <laughs> you? <laughs> but I, I also, well, do you know that? How do you know for sure? Like I'm sure. That, I, I feel like I've talked to some people who've gotten like. Boob tube. I don't know. Twat something shot. like some bad shots, and maybe a nipple or something. Yeah, like you're that right. From random people. Yeah. Well, this isn't the first I'm hearing of it, though. Like, there's been a few female fighters, especially one who fought on Saturday, that have gone on and said they get an exorbitant amount of like dick pics and sexual harassment. They just send them to you and have you autograph the guy, the guy who. No, like the female fighters, and they get like more than frustrated, but like they feel like they're harassed. Frustrated. Yeah. She's, she's making a fucking artwork out of well, it. Well, they right? should. Well, she is. They should just forward them to me, and then they can get <laughs> they can get it saved on my phone. And you, you, know, you know what? You know what? You know what? You women should do relieve them some of that frustration. Yeah. <laughs> you, you women. Oh, okay. So this is my advice to all the women you in women. MMA. All the women in MMA that fight, especially, and get dick pics. They should send them to Angela. With the names of the character, <laughs> and she should just make like a a, a video collage and just. Out everybody that's just randomly sending chicks dick pics. Yeah, they really should. That's yeah. Ridiculous. No, that's that's my goal. I'm gonna tag them all, <laughs> all that are identifiable. Wow. I would send Angela one, but the, the panoramic name. option on my phone no longer works. 
So I have no ability to do that. You see, you're talking about like on the Ultimate Fighter, they have all the fighter faces. He has to a giant dick mural. Yep, that's unbelievable. I'm I'm sorry you got to deal with that, but hey, at least you're turning something negative to a positive and uh, making a collage. Yeah, I I think it's funny, especially because they're all smaller than my husband. So oh, there you go. There you go. That's awesome. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, and we'll talk to you soon, Angela. All right, thanks for calling. Thank you. Thanks. That was Angela Hill. She's awesome. Have you ever seen a girl dick pic? Uh, no, I actually, actually, no, one time um, because this girl, um, she wouldn't quit asking for one just over and over again. She kept asking for one. Actually, first she asked me for a picture. She goes, um, she goes, I want a picture of you know a dick or whatever. So I sent her a picture of Travis Brown, and then she didn't get it. But that's what she wanted. But then later she wouldn't quit asking over and over again. So I sent her a picture of another girl giving me a BJ. Yeah. Swear to God, sent her that picture, yeah. and uh, she was irate about it. And I kept telling her, I kept saying, I thought you wanted. <laughs> All right, go on. What no, so, go on. Go on. What are we pointing at? I'm so confused. You're pointing at my kid. Oh, okay. I, I need you to not talk about. Him. I thought that was okay. Oh, <laughs> anyway, so I said I thought you just wanted something to give you perspective. I can't believe. You're mad about that, and I kept playing huh. dumb, like I had no idea. So I said, in, in his PJs, he said, it's a picture yes. of him in his PJs. <laughs> right. so, you guys talking about dick pics, and I can't say BJ. What's going pajamas, on? Pajamas. I'm talking about BJ Penn. BJ Penn, yes. Lots of Wasn't BJ that sad? <laughs> yes. Now, He's got his headphones in. Oh, good. good. All right. Now Fear let's talk about the fights that happened. Uh, Kelvin God. Gastelum. Uh, we called it. I didn't think it was going to happen that fast. I thought he was going to take him down and pound Vitor out. But a uh, man, this dude. The speed, the strength. Also, Vitor just off TRT is not Vitor. I mean, Vitor off TRT is a different fighter. It's, it's, it's different. Absolutely. It's a completely different fighter. Uh, but props to Kelvin Gastelum. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, the way he, he – I mean, he dominated a guy that's been around, has that experience, and has fought, like, the best guys in the world at, shoot, welterweight. He fought the best guys at heavyweight that were available when he first showed up. And um, he, he just got wrecked. He got owned. By, by by a new kid. You know what I mean? But Kelvin, man, he's fundamentally so sound. He does everything right. Um, his striking is on point, and he puts guys on the end of his punches. You see, I saw it in the Johnny Hendricks fight. There was a, there was a point where he hit him with a, uh, just a two-piece three times in a row because he had him on the end, and he kind of stunned him. He looked like he hurt him for a second. Didn't wasn't stunning to where he had an opportunity to take him out, but he made him back off, and he, Johnny didn't want any more for a minute. Yeah, Johnny's like, wait, you got a three piece? Can I have some? <laughs> How hard like is it chicken? to put a guy at the end of your punches versus like in the middle of your punches? Or I mean, you know, that-, that that's all about range. You don't see everybody doing it. You see guys crowd themselves a lot. You know, um, I think Conor McGregor is one of the best at it. You get guys like Poirier. You get guys like Cody Garbrandt that are really good at it. But keeping a guy on the end of your punches, especially when they're backing up or you're co- you have to step into it to get there. You know. Um, that range changes all the time. But when you can land that two and keep a guy out at range, it's, it's perfect because it's hard for them to shoot from that position. When they do take that shot, you have so much time to sprawl. It's like an hour. <laughs> Speaking think, of, go on. I was going to say the biggest thing I've noticed, and Eves is a far better striker than I'll ever be, so he would know. Um, I would try to train with professional boxers when I was working my stand-up. But the biggest thing, boxers, I think you're going to see this is one of the biggest evolutions you're going to see in MMA over the coming decade is distance. Because you can spar with a boxer, and they're always just out of reach. They're always, you can't quite reach them. You can't, and just, it's head movement just a little bit, just a little half step back, just a little movement. They're always out of range, whereas MMA guys tend to just be there in the pocket trading with each other, you know, or whatever. But when you spar with a good pro boxer, 
the, the distance is so confusing. And so um, I think that's the biggest thing that needs to change in MMA as far as guys with striking is once they learn the distance, you know what I mean, and how to keep it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change everything because it's, uh, it's frustrating when you got a guy that knows how to keep that right distance, especially when you suck standing up like me. So what happened with Ronda? Okay. I mean, she's training with boxers, and she seemed to not. Yeah, but, I mean, there's, there's, there's a different style of boxing. Kenny Weldon, my boxing coach back in the day, and he had this sign in the gym. It's, uh, and I say I reference it all the time when it comes to boxing. It says, boxing is the art of hitting your opponent from the furthest distance possible with the maximum amount of leverage while exposing the lease of yourself. And that's exactly what boxing is. And that's how he taught it to me. You know, when you throw it for a southpaw, you fire that straight left. You're high, you're sh- your, sh- your chin is hiding behind that shoulder. Your head's down and your eye level with that punch. And you want him at the end, as far as possible as he can be. And by doing that, he's at the end of your stuff and you're not really extended or exposed, and that's where all the leverage is. All that momentum comes out right at the end of the fist. I like it. Someone who did not do that very well was uh, Gian Vellante uh, and his fight against Shogun. I, uh, I like Gian Vellante. You know, he's a Long Island kid. I went to Hofstra. I went to Hofstra. We have that in common. I've had him on the show before. But it just seemed like the only way Shogun was going to win that fight was if he just stood and trade with Shogun. And that's exactly what he did. It. I mean, Gian, I think, was a state champ wrestler, I believe, in New York yep. State. Uh, I remember Tom Ryan, we had him on the show, and Tom was like, yeah, we, you know, we tried to get him for the wrestling team. He wrestled a little bit, but, you know, it was a big football star. But he does not seem to use any of his wrestling. And against a guy like Shogun, who, you know, they say power is the last thing to go away right. from you. Why yeah. would you uh, do that? Especially after the first round when you've been dropped a couple times. Like, okay... This dude's dropping me. Maybe standing up and trading is not what I should be doing. But Volante was like, fuck it. Let's just do he it. He brawls with everybody, though. He yeah. brawls with everybody. He went in there. I think uh, I think 196, he went in there with Alir Latifi. And he was brawling with him. He'll brawl with anybody. Like, a lot of these guys, they get... They get so comfortable knowing, okay, my wrestling's good. I'm not going to get taken down. Like, somebody said something about Shogun will take I'm like, Shogun's not going to shoot for a takedown. But he'll stand there and he'll brawl. And he wasn't doing... Horribly, but he was losing the fight. He was losing the fight, but he was getting his shots in. He hit a Shogun a few times. I honestly, I picked Volante. I thought Volante was going to knock him out, but Shogun shocked the shit out. What of What would you have told Volante if you were in his corner after the first round? Set up your shots. Set up your shots. You know, you're 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 getting him to plant his feet, stand and engage with you. Once you get him to trade with you, you change levels. You blow right through him. You know, try to get some do some damage on the ground, and when he starts to threaten, just back out of it. Just play that game until you wear him down, if you can, and if not, then just play that game until the time runs out and see if you can win on the points. What would you tell him, Sean? Uh, I didn't actually watch the fight, <laughs> but uh, same difference. A lot of guys, I think, men get hard headed and decide. I don't know. It's I can't. I'm stubborn too, so I can't really say that. But like, there's times. Um, I don't know. Like, I wanted a Jamoka shake one day from Arby's. I went to six different Arby's because no one had one, and I was going to get a Jamoka shake no matter what at that point, right? What that has to do with fighting, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sometimes guys get it in their head, like, I'm going to outstrike this guy, and then the guy stings him, and they want to hit him back, you know, or whatever, and then it becomes... I talked to Christian Moorcraft about that after he fought uh, Pat Berry. He tried to stand with him majority of the fight, and I asked him after, so why would you stand with Pat Berry? He goes, oh, because everyone said I was too afraid to. And I was like, but you should be afraid to. Yeah, I mean, everyone's saying that for a reason. Yeah, he did the same thing against Mitrione because he asked me about Mitrione. Obviously, we're friends. And he, um, isn't Morecraft the guy that was on the high speed chase with the cops? 
Uh, no, that was Dave Herman, I think. Oh, Dave Herman. Go yeah, on, Dave yeah. Herman's a, that dude is out of his mind. He was something else. Um, he thought he was going to get a settlement from that. Like, that whole thing was a setup. Like, he thought if he could run from the cops and get tased, he might get a settlement. Like, yeah, because that always happens. <laughs> like, or whatever, you might also get killed. But, no, Moorcraft told me after he fought Mitrione, I said, why did you stand up with Mitrione the whole time? He said, everybody said I was afraid, too. I was going to prove I wasn't. And I'm like, fear has nothing to do with it's it. funny, you when know? Mitrione knocked out the Black Beast... A lot of people were. Uh, I don't see color, so I don't know who you're talking about. But uh, who? I, I don't really see color, so I don't really know okay, who you're okay, talking right. about. So, uh, but except you know for you, because right. I remember saying to you, and you were laughing. Right. You're like, man, you have no idea how hard Mitrione he hits. He does, man. That he. That's what a lot of people don't know. It's uh, actually I was talking to Travis Brown one time, um, and the he was asking me about Mitrione. This is, he didn't know me and Mitrione were buddies, and they were talking about maybe fighting him. This is five six years ago, and he was like, uh, he asked me about Mitrione. I said, man, he's really. I said, he hits hard. It doesn't look like I said, but, man, it stings. I said, when he hits guys, they drop, you know? I mean, he hit, um, what's his name, Marcus um, from the Ultimate Fire, the Marcus Jones. Yeah, big baby. I mean, just barely. I mean, a six-inch punch and dropped him, you know, knocked him out. And um, I told him, I said, he hits really hard. And Brown's like, oh, he bet he doesn't hit like me. And I'm like, okay, well, not like you. But, I mean, he hits, like I said, he hits really hard. You would never think to look at him. He hits that hard, you know? Um, What happened with you and Tim Sylvia sparring? Um, didn't, Tim get, didn't Tim want to try to knock you out or something? Uh, Tim likes to spar really, really hard, especially likes to jump in when you're already tired and, like, go 110%. But, uh, yeah, no, he needed help getting ready when he was going to fight Pujanowski, which is where I met Eves. Um, he needed help. They needed big, strong guys. And uh, so I went up there to help him get ready. It was funny because I later on ended up fighting Pujanowski, and after I beat him, I declared myself the world's new strongest man, <laughs> like in interviews in Poland. And so I go back over and have a rematch, and I, I was wearing a Pujanowski T-shirt with his face on it. And they were asking me, like, why would you wear your opponent's T-shirt? Like, I don't understand, because they don't have much of a sense of humor over there, especially not about the whole Nazi thing go on. in Poland. Anyway, so I was making jokes, and they, I don't know. Anyway, so um, they were, um, they asked me about the, uh, asked me about the, uh, why I was wearing a shirt. I said, sometimes I forget who the second strongest man in the world is. So I like <laughs> to be able to look down and see right away who it is. And he got really offended by that. Like, he, he that I claimed I was, he, like. Well, you were wearing your opponent's T-shirt. Right, to the, but he was offended that I claimed I was stronger than him because I beat him in a fight. But that's the way it works, right? right. Like, if you beat a guy up, you have to be stronger. All right, so go and, on with Tim Sylvia. Oh, with Tim, no, we just trained together for a long time. Um. Yeah, he likes to go hard. I wasn't used to training that hard, you know, or whatever, be going like uh, guys teeing off on you. But uh, the last time we trained together, we got in kind of a real fight at the very end. Um, I had been getting absolutely murdered by Tom Erickson all day, uh, training wrestling. I went and did conditioning, and Tim wanted to um, he wanted me to spar with him that night. And I was like, dude, I don't really want to spar tonight. I guess I've already got, you know, like basically Seven, six hours in. Or yeah, like got killed by Erickson's a monster, like absolutely murdered by him, and then did conditioning. He's like, come on, just go a couple rounds with me. I was like, man, I don't. I don't really want to spar tonight. Oh, you're a pussy. But okay, man. So I said, I said, well, he said, we'll just move around. Okay. So we start moving around. The Mitrione comes up to watch us. Next thing I know, I catch a leg kick from hell, you know, or whatever. I'm like, okay, we're just moving around. Then a right hand, then this. And then I'm cramping. Like I got muscle cramps, all that. So we were in sparring. Just, we were just in like a uh, headgear and gloves and uh, shin pads and stuff. And it ended up me just taking him down, then a ground and pounding because even though we're supposed to stand up, because I got and how mad many times about did you it. hit him? Uh, 700. No, no, no. It turned pretty, uh, I don't know, it turned ugly at the very end. They was he, now, was he yelling, get off, get off me? Uh, yeah, he was mad about it because we're supposed to be standing, sparring, stand up. He wasn't expecting a shot at that point, but I also wasn't expecting to get teed off on when I could barely walk getting in the cage to begin with, you know, or whatever. So, Eve, was, Did you ever have a, a fight in the gym that turned real? I uh, didn't have a fight in the gym that turned real, but I was supposed to be shadow boxing with, with my partner at one point. And then um, he drops me, and this is Hector Lombard. You know? <laughs> I was like, going to tell you a Hector Lombard story like after this. Man, he, he's, he's, he's that guy. He's supposed to be shadow boxing. He's supposed to be shadow boxing. We're just moving around, flowing, and we're not really. Do you think this, that you were his actual shadow? 
All right, go on. I don't know, man, because because I think he's done. He did that to me, and I was just like, "That's it. I'm done. I'm not. I'm not moving around with that guy anymore." Yeah, you know. But he he's just like that. I mean, uh, I heard he's going to be mad. Like if this story gets back to him, and he's going to be mad. But it's like, <laughs> so what? That's just who you are, you know. I heard a, I heard a story about. Uh, I won't tell you from who, but it may have been Josh Barnett. No. Josh Barnett and Lombard were sparring one time, I guess, and they got – were you there? No. They got irritated, and I guess they sparred live 100% for like 45 minutes straight. Yeah. No round breaks, That's no anything heard, or whatever. That too. Actually, Barnett was telling me, he goes, dude, that dude is tough, man. He said, I was hitting him with everything I had, and uh, rumor has it they were both bleeding in pretty rough shape. But uh, I know Mitch own rolled with uh, Lombard one time and got put immediately in a – Inverted heel hook and almost like Mitrion doesn't know any like heel hooks on the ground. I mean, he was just starting, you know, had yeah. no real idea. And uh, he, I guess Lombard didn't want to roll with him, and they kept pushing him. He needed somebody to roll with. And Mitrion's like, we don't have to do it if they don't want. Like, no, no, it's okay. He's going to do it, you know, or whatever. So he said uh, he lets him start on top because he's smaller. And then next thing you know, he's got him in a inverted <laughs> heel hook trying to rip his name. That's like, dude, okay, 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 yeah. you know what I mean, or whatever like that. And then they restarted the exact same hold again, dropped into a heel hook again. And Matt said, okay, I'm done for today. I, I, I something I think just. Hector just like he doesn't because we talk to him like outside the gym he's the nicest guy in the world will do anything for you but he goes in that gym and just it's a Jekyll and Hyde it's, it becomes a different person it's I used a, to love to listen to your guys <laughs> didn't you guys have to do a guy that did an impression of Hector yeah, Lombard on your show? Yeah. He, he did it to Hector and Hector thought like, it was actually him let me tell you Adam said Ben Askren thought it was Hector oh yeah yeah there, there's also, a guy man fucking did, Ben Askren that's a shame I would like to have seen how good he could have done in the real, well, not in the real. I thought that one is not the real thing, but but in the UFC against the best guys, you know, I mean, the quality of guy in the UFC, you know, you're getting the best yeah. every single time out there. I think there is some credence to the argument though that he hadn't proven enough because I mean, it's not like he held the Intercontinental Championship like CM Punk did for three years. <laughs> so he's fourteen and zero Olympic caliber wrestler. Like now he's not ready for this. Uh, you know, CM Bell- Punk's been the Bellator Intercontinental Champion, champion and. Tag team champion three times by now. So, um, um, did any of you guys hear that Hector Lomar got in a car accident yesterday? No, two days ago. He's good. You all right? It looked, the pictures I saw, he wasn't. There was a somebody in the car, like in the driver's seat, but I think it was just for the photos. But it was some nasty photos. Was he sparring I'm, with the car? I don't know. <laughs> no, like, but it looked like now. it looked bad. I'm I gonna see if okay. I can find I, it. I think I would have heard something or something really. I, that's what I thought too, but I just. I hate that Lombardo, he really is one of the best fighters in the world, man. It's just like, he's lost, what, three or four in a row now? But he's fighting just. I was there when uh, Dan Henderson threw that wild elbow that oh, knocked yeah, him out, right. man. It's just like. That was crazy. And I, would I, like, I would love to see the UFC oh, do a little more like. the first article that pulled up on Twitter. He's lucky to be alive. Looks like he rolled it. Ooh, yeah. Okay, so he's okay. Thank God. Thanks, it's yeah, tough, I man. I was surprised I didn't see more like but. publicity about it, but I was like, holy shit. But if you look closely, like the car test that's positive. not him <laughs> in the driver's seat. <laughs> Leaded. Uh, yeah, no, that's <laughs> after the fact, isn't it? Though, I mean, not after yeah, the fact. Know, accident. Like, I mean, like in the driver's seat, so they could take a picture. Yeah, or whatever, exactly. Like, so let's talk about Kevin Lee. That was awesome. Yeah, uh, it was. You know, we'll come from behind victory, Kevin Lee. But uh, you know, he's just he's the real deal because uh, Kevin Lee's a big guy, especially at that weight. And that dude Trinaldo made him look small. I, I mean, he, he Kevin Lee pisses me off. Why? Because he's, he's he can fight and he's fucking pretty. Like, <laughs> God, is this, I must is be enraging you right now. Is, is this just... a light skin, dark skin type thing? Is that why you're upset? No, I mean, no yeah, I mean, no, it's not. I mean, he's just he's just one of those. Like he's he's a dude that he'll get one of those. Um, or if he was on the, on the TV show, he'd be the college guy who gets the girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's I mean, he got heart. 
Man, like that's the thing too. You ain't supposed to be pretty and, and have heart like that, yeah, you know? Because he, he was having a hard time getting that takedown. He's having a hard time um, with Trinaldo in the first. But when he landed that head kick. I'll tell you, Kevin talks a lot of shit, but he, he I like backs Kevin, it up. Man. I just, you know, he backs it up. And uh, I think yep. that the, I think the, the weight cut, the morning weight cut helps a guy like Kevin Lee because it seemed like he, you know, he, he cuts a lot of weight. I think he's getting down from 85 to 55, and he's a wrestler, so not cutting smart. And I think that when he was doing that 5 o'clock weigh-in, he wasn't getting rehydrated enough. The two fights, actually, that he didn't use the IV for, for the ones he got hurt. Uh, and they banned the IV, but right. I, think, I think the morning cut helps him. I think he, he's able to get, you know. Yeah, you get, you get eight, nine more hours to rehydrate. That, yeah. that helps so much, man. That helps so much. Did I hear him call out Jose Aldo after the win? No, he called out Khabib. He called it, I thought I heard something hmm. Jose Aldo, and no, then it went to Aldo's Khabib. Aldo's 45. But Khabib, that's, I mean, to call out Khabib, is, is, that's a tall order. Although I, I still think Khabib's going to fight Ferguson next, right? That doesn't... I don't... I don't I, why are you going to try for the fifth time? <laughs> I, mean? I, I think they're sidelining Khabib in terms of like priority, priority in, in making fights right like now. He got he's in just his own they're going to keep him as far away from McGregor as humanly possible for as McGregor? long as possible. Yeah. Now, I heard June 6th. They actually have the T-Mobile Arena reserved. 10th, I think, right? June 10th. June 10th. For McGregor Mayweather. It's just a hold on the arena because they the T-Mobile Arena right now is the most sought-after arena in the world. I'm not buying that fight until they step into yeah, the ring. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen that soon. You're going to buy that fight? No, I mean, I'm not buying that it's going to happen. pay-per-view for that fight? No. No, right? No. Would you, Sean? Yes, just to see. I mean, I know what's going to happen in the fight. But It'll be on Instagram like 30 seconds right. later. What's, uh, what's going to happen in that fight? Uh, I think, I don't know, they can go one of several ways. I mean, obviously he can outbox him all day long, but I think if Connor decided to throw an elbow or a kick or something just in the middle of it, just to make, I mean, that's what I would do if How I were funny him. funny would that be if it just was a spinning to, wheel knockout? Yeah, or not knock him out, just a leg kick or something, just keep him honest and take the point deduction or whatever, just to uh, remind him who's really in charge. That's but, a disqual- uh, that would be straight disqualification. <laughs> that ain't no point deduction. I think, you think so? Like, <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. Guys, you're off and they let it keep going. Yeah, but Tyson was, it was boxer versus boxer. When you look at, say, say the UFC, we get three, or if you're in the main event, you get four corners to come to the ring, right? We, right. We, we, get, we get told what to do and when to do it and how to do it. Boxers, 15 guys can come to the ring with yeah. them. You know, it's, it's a different rule set. So even if, if it was two boxers and one of them threw a leg kick, probably. But with an MMA guy fighting a boxer and he throws a leg kick, that's it. It's right. over. You're I done. Get out of here. The whole thing is funny, and I don't want to trash the UFC or anybody, but... Um, I think it's funny when they talk about the UFC thinks that they are owed that fight or part of that money. Like to hear McGregor talking about doing it because I think he has three fights left on his contract, right? Three, two, three, or four. I've heard all three. But uh, they're talking about, oh, will we make that fight happen? But if McGregor was smart, I think um, like the UFCs think, okay, we'll give you guys each twenty five million, and we'll give you a percentage of pay per view. But McGregor stands to make way more if he doesn't have them involved. Like, why do you course. need a third party yeah, involved? Yeah, yeah. Like, what does the UFC bring that? That Mayweather doesn't, but they probably have all of his rights to fighting. They have his rights to any type of fight. But once he's under a contract, if he's got, I heard two fights left. I thought I heard Dan White say he's got two fights left. He wants to fight those two out, then he can do it. But I think if he, that's what he wants to do, they'll probably put him in with Khabib and someone else to try to get him beat once or twice in a row. You know, which is kind of how they like to do it. If you don't like to resign, if you got two fights left, if you don't want to resign, then you're going to fight a monster. You know? Uh, um, yeah. No. I mean, look, I, I I can't see McGregor winning this fight in any way. No, I mean, not boxing. I mean, anything can happen, but probably not. 
I, just, I don't know. I mean, what if they box with four ounce gloves? It'd probably be even worse for him, right? Yeah, absolutely. He would get his face cut up. I mean, we're talking about the best defensive boxer in the game. You know, yeah. ever, oh, possibly ever, probably ever. I mean, better than probably Willie Pep. Better than uh, well, better than what's his name? Uh, the guy I used to love watching. Uh, the guy who fought De La Hoya, Pernell Whitaker. He, yeah, he was pretty good at defense. Pernell Whitaker was good at defense, but I mean. The Mayweather. speed difference would be so, so noticeable. If you watch the box, the speed difference will be... I yeah. mean, Mayweather made Pacquiao look slow. You know what I mean? Like, literally made him look slow in the fight, and Pacquiao's fast, you know? So, I think the speed difference would be amazing. I'll um, tell you, uh, what, what do you think of the Betch Cahaya versus... Uh, what's the name of that girl? Renault. Renault. Yeah, Renault. I like Renault. Uh, it's a school teacher. Um, yeah. I thought it was a draw. I the last time I was Same here. I thought it was a good fight. Yeah, one and two to Betch, 10-8 for Marion in the third. Now, it seemed like Twitter was divided on Betch's uh, twerking skills. Some people said she had no ass. Mm. No, she f- has an ass. To th- the twerking itself was not like. Would you, what would you, would you hook up with her? Fuck yeah. But you'd bang Gabby Garcia, right? So? Yeah, uh, Sean. Wait, you did? Oh, no, he no, would. Oh, I would. Well, he said he did. Sean, would you? I don't know. I think she would bang me, probably. <laughs> she was twice my size. Oh, yeah, I guess you haven't seen she, Joe Jaggy's meme yeah. then. But I mean, I've seen the girls you've dated. They're mostly no. tens, I like, a couple yeah. nines. I like very um, feminine women, so probably not. Yeah, probably not? Yeah. What, what about uh, what about Marianne Renault? I don't know who that is. Uh, what about, yeah, I, I think she's cute. I think, I think she's a cutie. I think your friend is really good looking. Um, Juliana? Yes. <laughs> I think yeah, Juliana yeah. Pena is very good looking. I agree. Uh, fighter or not fighter. I'll tell you who's really good looking. That's Who's Marion that? Renault. Who's that? No, she's cute. Yeah, she's cute. Um, no, there's a girl that this will be come off as creepy. Um, named Lakin Jowers, who I saw fight at King of the Cage. That chick, man. Like I found out she was only 20 years old, so I was like, well, she's too old for me. But no, um, <laughs> I was trying to hit on her. So I found out she was 20, and I was like, oh, my daughter's 18, so that's cool. You guys can maybe hang out, you know, or whatever. But um, it was, uh, yeah, it was. Um, actually, I'll show you a picture of her. She is, I think, gorgeous. Like she's going to be a star. Yeah, but Sean, you're also you're very unrealistic when it comes to girls because you that right. because you, <laughs> you you date these girls who are like tens and nines, and then you, you don't allow them to go out to the club. You, uh, you, you say when I go out with a girl, she, you're like, listen, if she goes out to a club without me, we're done. Uh, like, that's a break. Well, I tell them, no, I just tell them ahead of time that I don't do the live. Like, okay, here's what it is. I don't do a relationship where we live separate lives because if I'm going to a club, there's only one reason. If I have a girlfriend, it's to like. If I don't have a girlfriend, it's to meet girls. If I was going to a club when I did have a girlfriend, it would be to meet yeah, girls. Yeah, maybe her That's friends want to go meet guys, and she and, wants to go with them. And get attention from them and have still feel pretty and whatever else they do. Um, women and are then scandalous. this guy shows up. Women are more scandalous <laughs> than men. Oh, this is funny. So, uh, being, Eve, hold on. Eve, do you let your wife go to the club if she wants to? She doesn't like clubs. Okay, well, let's say she did. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If... um. You can't, people are going to do what they're going to do, regardless. Right, that's what I know? said, yeah. So I, I'm not trying to tell anybody who they are and what they are. Thank tell, you. Let them know what, what matters to you. Yes. And then, then they can make that decision. And she's uh, Dominican, right, your girl? What is she? Um, Half something? What no. What's your, my, it doesn't matter what color she is. Oh, uh, it's American. It's American? Yeah. She's white? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Okay, there you go. No, but if she wants to go to a club, she can go to a club. Sean has these, like, unrealistic expectations of, of like... You getting upset that girls go to clubs? It's like no, I know why they're going. The same reason they're not. That's not why they're. Go- you don't know why every girl's I, going to a club. I know why the girls I date are going. Um, like, here's a okay. Here's an example. When a girl changes her profile picture on Facebook or Instagram, there's one reason she changed it if she's dating you, and it's to get attention. Like that's the only reason they change their picture, right? 
And so I used to. Maybe she's I, tired of it. No, trust me. I'll date a girl for six months. She doesn't change her profile picture. We break up for three days. All of a sudden, she's got ten selfies on there. Change profile pictures. And I've, I've like. So, real, so, if, you're, so if you're dating a chick and changes her picture, then you're gonna break up with her. No. I just know that when we break up, the reason she changed her picture is to get attention from guys so they feel good about themselves. And I know this because they've admitted it to me a hundred times in the past, different girls. I'm like, well, why didn't you change it the whole time we were dating? Well, do you sit them down and like interrogate them? Maybe that's why yeah, they're with a light in their face or whatever. <laughs> I eventually break water, them and they admit in a white room. It, like waterboarding. Yeah, you them. waterboard them <laughs> they until admit they admit it no matter what eventually. You'll but, tell me um, the truth, damn it. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, no, it's, uh, I just know how people are. I'm not stupid. Like, okay, any guy, oh, we're just going to guy's night out. Or I go to the titty bar, but I, I don't get a lap dance. Yeah, like we've all been there, right? I go to Hooters because I, I like their food, sometimes, do you? Well, sometimes you like... <laughs> the food's horrendous. Sometimes you like looking at attractive girls. It doesn't mean that you're cheating or... I'm not saying it's cheating. I'm just saying it's not for me. Like, if a girl needs attention from other guys besides me, then go be single and get attention from them, you know? Like... So you're the, when you date a girl, you're the only guy in the world she, she can get attention from? That she should want attention from, yeah. Oh come on! I don't need attention from other girls when Her I'm dead. Dad's girl. not even allowed to I call. I think maybe on the you were phone. born the wrong. I think you should have been born in like the 1800s. <laughs> like the, caveman. Like the ca- I think you'd be a great caveman. <laughs> I actually was, but uh, no. The uh, no. I just think I just I don't even care. I don't even know so much care about it as long as the rules are the same. But I found it's amazing that I can't go out with my friends because I'll be looking for girls. But you go out with your friends because I'm not like that. Like, you, maybe, okay. you're, you're, like, maybe you're dating the wrong women. Exactly. You got that right. Yeah, because you're only dating girls with over a million Instagram followers. Right. Well, that's the problem. If you're that good looking. And you're single. There's probably something wrong with you, right? Yeah. How's, how's so everything going out? with the steroids? Are you, are you, are you steroids awesome? are awesome. No, I actually did. I'm taking a bunch of, <laughs> I was taking a ton of HGH, man, trying to fix my back. It didn't work at all. Um, but I was holding so much water; it was crazy. Don't you think she's beautiful? I think she's a knockout. She's gorgeous. She's a fighter. She's a good fighter too. Oh yeah. So now um, what? So now what are you? So um, he's fought her three times. So now <laughs> wait. So now what are you? We on? were dating and we got in a fight. No, I um, right now I'm drinking Winstrel because if oh you inject God. it, it burns, man, so bad. Like you get the injection site. What's Winstrel? So uh, stands law. It's it's a it's heavy steroid. Bob Sapp's favorite. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what Bob Sapp. Winstrel's Winstrel's like what the old bodybuilders used to use. Like, oh, and why it, are you drinking that? I like that because because well, my doctor you can drink testosterone. That stuff? <laughs> you can drink it because it can survive. Free basic. It can survive three <laughs> passes through your liver, which has to be good for you, right? Yeah. So um, you can drink instead of inject. Injections really burn in that because your body a lot of times it crystallizes. Your body thinks it's an infection, so it will attack it. It's bad news, but. I, I don't like regular testosterone sipinate because I will hold 16 to 20 pounds of water on it. Within Literally, if I take a shot of sipinate through my doctor, uh, within 48 hours, I'll be 18 pounds heavier water weight. Like, I look like I ate 10 Mexican meals and drank water nonstop, you know, or whatever. So, I don't like the water retention on it. So, Winstrol, you retain no water at all. Now, but why do you need I mean, just, just, just to look good? No, to raise my testosterone level. I have really low testosterone. I've had it since I was like 26. That's when I first started taking testosterone. Now, doctor. are you injecting it in your, in your ass? Uh, yes. And uh, shoulder, actually, I go shoulders mostly. But that was, through a, that was a doctor. Literally, my testosterone was 46 when I got it tested at 27 years old. It's supposed to be between 450 and 850. Mine was 46, so they put me on testosterone. Now, so. every time I talk to you... You're, you're sleeping with another girl, uh, or, or or you have seven <laughs> chicks on Tinder or no. a Bumble. How do you have low? And you're a fighter. Right. How do you have low testosterone? It's just genetically, man. Uh, my my dad apparently had low testosterone too. He's been on it for years, but um, I can't. Me at 46 is probably the average guy at 850. I don't know. Like it uh, when I was taking testosterone. Actually, I'm not going to tell you that story. But when I was taking testosterone when I wasn't in the UFC. Uh, when I was taking testosterone or whatever, man, it'll make you crazy. I mean, like, makes me, like, 
I don't know, like I'm 15 years old again. Like, it's crazy. So um, I don't like that side effect of it, actually, because it's too distracting, you know what I mean, or whatever, to feel like you're 15 yeah. years old again. But and, one of my uh, favorite fights you ever had was when, like, I think it was Putinowski 2. I had you on the podcast, <laughs> and you're like, man, I've been training every day. I have a better best camp of my life. And then you end up losing. Oh, next day, what happened? You go, I, I, I lied about everything. <laughs> goes, I didn't train at all. <laughs> I hurt my back, and it didn't go very goes, well. I'm really good at, talk, at making yeah. shit up. Well, the best was before we fought, they got mad at me because I said it wasn't going to come down to strength, skill, or size. It was going to come down to are his steroids better than mine because I know we're both running. <laughs> I actually said that in an interview. And then uh, they asked me if my – I had a tattoo on my chest that looked like a Nazi eagle because it's a Nazi eagle, but I didn't know that when I got it. I was getting my ex-wife's name covered up, and I got like a Roman Praetorian eagle. turns out it looks like a Nazi eagle. And so this German – this guy, Germany guy, this guy from uh, Germany, this reporter asked me uh, if it was a Nazi eagle, and I said, no, but I do hate gypsies. You know, or whatever. Because I thought gypsy was a lifestyle, right? I yeah. know it was a race. It's a race yeah. of people yeah. in Poland. I had no yep. idea. So I said, I hate gypsies. And uh, he was like, oh. And so then Monty sends me a text like two hours later in all capital letters. One of the only times he's ever been mad at me. It said, stop talking about Nazis and steroids. You're in Poland. Are you insane? <laughs> With a bunch of exclamation points or whatever. And I was like, I don't know. One of my favorite parts is when you first beat Pujanowski the first time. And then you, you uh, renounced your I turned my, yeah, I turned my back on the United States. You turned your back on the U.S. in you the cage. See this, you love it. Yeah. <laughs> I told him it was my, I said, uh, it was my favorite country in the entire world, Poland was, just to get cheap applause. And I said, uh, I said like, even over the United States, I said, because you guys don't start wars in foreign countries for natural resources. And everybody's like, yeah, they all started cheering. So then the headline is, hold on, I got to, <laughs> it was so great. And That's then uh, the headline is, McCorkle taps Pujanowski at KSW 23, declares Poland favorite country over the U.S. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. And I was claiming to be a quarter Polish the whole time I was there, because I always claim to be a quarter of whatever, I'm, whatever I am. When I was in uh, Australia, I was claiming to be a quarter Aborigine when I was fighting there. So they're, um, they're, uh, they're like, uh, they're like you are you really? I was like, yeah, my grandmother was full-blooded Australian. Like, what I don't so get, dumb, though, you, know? you haven't worked like, in 10 years. Like, <laughs> well, like, like, since you stopped fighting, what, five years ago? <laughs> no, two years ago. Like, you haven't had a job. Like, I was rich when I started, though. How like how do you get by with like how are you retired at what are you thirty so how old are you forty now but I've been retired since I was twenty eight how are you retired at forty uh, well I was twenty eight I sold my business despite whatever I told the IRS for enough that I never had to work again um, at a recycling company and then like my house is paid off my car is paid off um, where do you I get one hundred and eighty Percocet a month that are worth about eight bucks a piece um, what you say I'm sorry where do you live Indianapolis okay yeah no I paid off my house and car very early on. Um, I used to have 10 houses that were almost paid off till my ex went around collecting the rent on them and not paying the mortgages and lost $800,000 of equity in about six months by getting them all foreclosed on, part of her You plan. really need your own reality show, man. I if know. anybody's listening to this and wants to invest in <laughs> the real life eastbound and down, it, right here. <laughs> yeah, is no regular Sean, network is going to pick him up. Yeah, That's going to be like HBO or Netflix. <laughs> or, I don't care. Fucking Netflix I mean, if you're listening. This dude right here, I mean, TV. he's you're 6'9", 330, uh... And and then like no job no That's job perfect. you went over to help the troops right I, yes. I asked I go how did Sean do they're like oh he was injured he just kept yelling at everyone and then <laughs> and then making fun of the fighters who for like getting tapped by the by the military people like <laughs> you were you were setting up fights overseas I was harassing trying to James get James Krause getting his ass kicked like James it was funny because James this guy went to grab him and accidentally smacked James in the face like their hands slipped off each other hit it everybody and I kept asking James I was like dude how much trouble were you in during that grappling match and he's like I wasn't in any trouble I said you 
looked a little shook. Like when he smacked it, like I could tell you were rocked. I said, like, I was about to jump in. And uh, he was like, whatever. And he's getting actually mad about it, you know, or whatever. And I was like, dude, just, I, just so you know, if it ever happens in the future, I got your back. Like, I'll jump in and pull a guy off of you if it, if it goes bad. And uh, he's like, you're not going to have to pull him off of this. I'm just saying, if it were to happen, and like you, he rocked you and he starts punching your face, a whole bunch, like, I'll pull him off. You know, like, uh, I won't let you get hurt over here. They did get mad at me over there a couple times. I guess a. Your son got his headphones Is this the Zach Cummings story? Uh, that was funny. About the smuggling? Yeah, no, I wasn't going to tell that one. That was really good, too. I told a guy at the security on the submarine, um, there was a sub there was a sub over there, and they were, like, checking everybody for what you're bringing. You're not allowed to bring lighters. You're not allowed to, all kind of things that are restricted on there. And I go over and tell a guy that security. I said, hey, uh, let me talk to you for a minute. He's got an AR-15, everything's standing there. I said, uh, Zach over there is part of a smuggling ring. You might want to, like, really... You know, search him, and he's like, "I'm sorry." Like, he's getting serious. And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Like, he's part of an international cock smuggling ring." <laughs> and I said, "Like, he's trying to see." I said, "There could be four or five in his ass right now." You, he wouldn't even know. I said, "You probably need to check him." So they fall out all the time, and so the guy starts laughing, and then the girl leading the troop gets mad at me, and then they got because I was like a security risk. So then they got mad because someone had died. That this British police are in charge of the island Diego Garcia, right? Yeah. So the British police are in charge of it somehow. The Bobbies. I was there. Um. So okay. So you know. So they were telling us about some. They found some guy dead there, um, and they found a rope around his neck, like a noose. And they thought he had killed himself on purpose. But they found an orange lane by that had been bitten into. So then they knew it wasn't on. It was autoerotic asphyxiation. Asphyxiation. Right. And I was like, wait, because of an orange? Like that's the that's the smoking gun. <laughs> and uh, they were like, oh yeah, people do that. And then they bite an orange. I guess you bite an orange while you do it, and you're choking yourself with it. Like I would just get a girl, like if it yeah. were me. You know what I mean? Like right. the fruit out of it. Yeah. But. Um, so they're doing all that. So um, this colonel on this boat wants to be – this colonel's like, which one of you guys wants to choke me out? And I was like, dude, not me. I'm not good at chokes at all. And I was like, James isn't either. He was in trouble earlier. And James gets so mad about it. I said, don't let him do it. I said, you might end up knocking him out. And so um, – And Krause is the most serious guy. Right, yeah, like, great guy, but very serious. Me and him played one-on-one. So one me and him played one-on-one in basketball. It was the most violent basketball game ever because I played in college. I already so beat I you, though. He did beat me. How did he be- you were, heard you were in college like, yeah, almost he all – Yeah, under the basket and go like this. Was, I didn't know we were clotheslining each other. We went to the back. It was the most like – He's 155 pounds. Yeah, yeah. You go to shoot a lamp and he hits you across the face with his forearm. He may have still I, been a little woozy, though. Wait, you used to be able down. to dunk, right? I can still dunk. You can still dunk a basketball. Easily. Yeah, I'll show you something. Let me show you me dunking. No, I'm gonna show you something funny. Is, is you, how's your son doing in basketball? Uh, he's really good, man. He's uh, he what's he con- like seven it, foot five. He, is, he's he's like, pounds, he looks long. just like Sean, like back in the day. Is he gonna make college team or what? Uh, he was well, only a freshman now in high school, but he'll uh, yeah, he'll. I don't know if he'll have his choice of schools, but he's doing really, really well, man. Does he's, he get more ass than you? Uh, no, not yet, but he's he, he seems my, normal. My is, my, I, I don't know how he seems so normal. My son is everything I pretend to be in interviews only in real life. You remember when Shane Carwin posted a video of him poorly dunking a basketball to show how athletic he was? Yeah. Um, did I did one myself. He could barely reach the goal. I like, did one hand. Like, there's mine that I did in response to Shane Carwin's. Wow, I look very easy. Yeah. So dunk oh, contest how, how next year. that video? Uh, three years ago, maybe, or whatever. Okay. Whatever, Eve. So what are you putting up for? You looked more lean in that video. Imagine that. No, well, that's because he, he wasn't drinking steroids back then. <laughs> yeah. Right. But um, he, went from Winstrol, he went from Windex to Winstrol. <laughs> yeah. What was I going to tell? Oh, so I get in trouble Are you going to slim down, by the way, a little bit? Uh, that's always the plan. But are you thinking about it? Yeah, if I go off all the juice... Seriously, I'm a little nervous about you because you seem you look a little bigger. Thanks. No, I'm, I'm not being. A dick. Do we have an intervention right now? I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just saying, like, I, I, I want to, you know. You, yeah. You make my days infinitely better. Thanks with, for the with, concern. With, with your ridiculous texts. No. So, um, his Facebook post. I spent an hour reading a back and forth. 
of a Facebook post he put up. I was on the fucking floor laughing. Oh, that one guy. I was dying. Who was that? What was that one guy? You 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 were like. I mean, you got a little. It got really dark. That one guy he started shit with you, right? Oh, when I started posting pictures of his dead mom with little X's over that her eyes. That was the one I was reading. <laughs> yeah, that was his uh, mom. Had, <laughs> all right, all right. I'm anyway, staying away from that. Yes, yeah, so, all right. Let's go back. All right, Wait, so but I got to finish this. So UFC fighting. All right, go on. So we are at. Um, <laughs> What was I going to tell you? Oh, so we're at the we're at the thing, and so this colonel wants to be choked out, right? He's like, I'll tell these troops I'm not afraid. I'll get, you know, I'll let them choke me out, this and that, or whatever. And I was like, man, I don't know if you want to do that. It's dangerous, you know, be like lose consciousness. He wants to do it, so James is getting ready to choke him, and we're in the cafeteria, area, and there's probably 300 Marines there, right? And right as James gets ready to choke him, he's by the fruit cart, right? And I said, hey, I heard it's better if you have one of these in your mouth and picked up an orange to hand it to him while you do it. <laughs> And it was dead silence for like five or six seconds. I was like, oh, I should have said that. Everybody starts dying laughing. Like, everybody starts cracking up. Except um, the girl that led our group. Amanda, <laughs> she was looking at me like you gotta she wanted me. to murder me. Yeah, All right, let's talk about the fights this week. Corey Anderson, Jimmy Manoa. Uh, a bit of a strange This call. is the main event. Yeah, that's the main. It's kinda, kinda, it is kind of strange. Uh, Corey Anderson, though, you know, he does have power. Uh, he he's sort of like a I wouldn't say a bipolar fighter, but it's like you don't know what Coriandis is going to show up. Sometimes he'll look like a world beater, yep. and then the other times he's just you're like, what is this the same guy? So I hope he learned how to check leg kicks. Uh, he, yeah, he he beat Sean O'Connell. He lost to Shogun uh, by split decision. He beat Tom Lawler. He beat lost Fabio. to Volante. But Fabio, uh, beat Fabio. Um, everyone beat Fabio, although. That Fabio Fedor fight was pretty awesome. Jimmy Manoa looked amazing in his last fight. Uh, he um, who did he fight? He uh, he he didn't he, he knock he, out OSP? OSP in the second round. Oh yeah, that was nasty. But, but before that, he got murked by Anthony Johnson. Which I mean, how do you train for Anthony Johnson? Yeah. How, how 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 are you a, uh, you know a striker? Like you know what I mean? Not yeah. like how are you a striker, but how are you a striker and you're going to step in there with Anthony Johnson? If those are your only weapons, if that is your best your best opportunity to win with Anthony Johnson, you're not in for a good night. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because it only takes one from that guy, and he can hurt you, man. If you don't have the option to take him down, and that's um, I think that's where he has to play this fight with with Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson, he needs to use his wrestling, man. Because are you doing this again on Fox? I'm not doing this one. Oh, you should do this on Fox. I want to do them all. Yeah, yeah, me, me too. Manoa went on interview this morning and said he could knock out John Jones. He probably it's it's he could, like he probably but he can't beat John Jones so, in a fight. So, yeah, like <laughs> that. Those are the funny things that you read, and you're like, yeah, if he was standing still, and you I also think him, I, I also think that when you're in fight camp uh, that week before or two weeks before that, you're feeling so unbeatable. Yeah, I heard some people say things like, I remember Mayhem was like before he fought. I think it was Bisbing. He's like, I want Anderson Silva. And that, this was like prime Silva. This wasn't like Anderson Silva now. But I, I just think that that's, what, that's how you should be feeling. Yeah, you I mean, you're a fighter. Him. You're supposed to believe you can beat everybody in the world. I mean, if you're a sprinter, um, you remember that movie? Was it? I think it was Higher Learning. And uh, Lawrence Fishburne asked Omar Epps about, you know, if you're going to run and this guy's faster than you, what are you going to do? Run faster. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's how it is. If you're getting into a fight, you're going to believe that you can beat that guy every single time. McCorkle, you're probably the only fighter that I've ever talked to who was honestly going, said to me, said to me yeah, I knew I was never going to be the champion. Like, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't take a martial art class until I was 29 or 30 years old. Like, never had done any of that at all. Never wrestled, never played basketball in college, but never. But there uh, had to have been times in training where you, you thought I could beat anybody in the world, right? No, because I had trained with guys that were really, really good, and I knew. Like, I trained with Jake O'Brien all the time. Um, and Jake 
was a good fighter, but he got destroyed by Kane Velasquez. It wasn't even close. I knew what Jake would do to me, and I saw what Kane did to Jake. And Kane was seven years younger than me. You know what I mean, or whatever. Yeah, but you know about the, the fighter time. A, fighter B, fighter C dynamic. Uh, well, I mean, in a fight, I thought I had a chance, but I didn't think I was gonna. I wasn't gonna consistently beat the best guys in the world. Like I beat Hunt when nobody. I was a ten to one underdog. Nobody thought I was gonna beat him. Um, I still think I would have beat Struve nine times out of ten, even though I lost to him. If we fought, uh, when I fought Moorcraft, I didn't want that fight because I thought it was a lose-lose for me. Um, he was ten years younger or twelve years younger, as big as me, and the same kind of fighter. You know what I mean? He doesn't get tired. So, how many fights do you think you didn't win because you had the attitude of "I'm not going to be the champion"? Um, probably. The Warcraft fight, I was so afraid I was going to lose, I more or less made it happen. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Yep. So I kept focusing, like, thinking that, like, if I lose this, they're going to cut me. Am I going to have to get a job? Apparently not, even if they cut me, right? Because right. I never had a job. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was thinking, like, um, I'm going to have to do that. And then towards the end, I knew I was going to win because I, I had herniated uh, three discs in my lower back that were so bad I couldn't train. And I didn't use that as an excuse. I couldn't train at all. I couldn't do anything. I remember I your last fight before you retired. I was like, are you training? You're like, I did the treadmill for 10 minutes for this camp. At the most, That was yeah. your whole camp. I, I can't, but they were offering me so much money still. And, and I, I was like, please do not fight this guy. And I, I, I was begging you not to fight yeah. him. But you were like, Adam, I, I, you know. They were just offering too much money. If you're going to pay me 30 or 40 grand to go fight somebody. And they would do it on short notice, too. So I wasn't going to be training for it anyway. You know what it was I mean? weird having Roy Jones because he was the promoter. Well, that was, yeah. He, you're you're he talking to him on the phone, personally. right? No, asked me personally if I'd fight at his show. And I was like, oh, I can't fight anymore. Man, I got, man it really helps out. You can pick anybody you want. And they had Richard White fighting that night. And who I'd beat in 40 seconds at Bellator. And I was like, I would fight him, you know, if you guys want to pay me that kind of money. And then uh, they set it up. And then Richard White goes and. Loses 60 pounds over 14 weeks and trains. American real, top team. Yeah, ATT or I think or whatever. And went and got the best shape of his life to fight me. And then comes back his next fight and weighs 360 again or whatever. I like got down to 250 for me or 240. But uh, Eve, when you were training, did you think that I could beat anyone in the world? Yeah, you think that all the time, man. Um, well, he especially- could, though. That's the thing. Like, he's a striker. <laughs> like, Eve's got real good striking, so he actually could beat anybody. I knew I wasn't going to. Like, there's certain guys I probably wasn't going to be. I'm not going to out-wrestle Kane. Well, I'm was, not going to out-strike First of all, you know he, I mean? he was talking. Uh, well, <laughs> oh, sorry. He completely jumped all over him. <laughs> so you, Only to compliment him. Though. So you thought you could be anyone in the world? Yeah, I mean, that's that's how it is. Everybody believes that. But then I'm training with the best guys in the world. You know what I mean? Um, I'm training with, 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 at the time, say, like Mike Brown, Masvidal, Tiago Alves. You know, Robbie comes in. Dustin comes in. You train with these guys. And, you, and because of the successes you have with those guys and the fact that you're just drilling these things over and over and over again, you believe that you can do these things at any point in time with anybody. I, I remember when I, when I wrestled, uh, I was a state champ a freshman year, prep school state champ. I went to Ken Churtow's camp. And they were like, all state champions stand up. Mm-hmm. There's like 400 kids there. So I stand right. up all cocky. They were like, these are the guys that you want to beat and stay after every practice. And every practice, there was a line of kids that would just beat the shit out of me. And they could go around saying they beat the main state champion. I, after a while, I was like, I was like I'm no longer, this is, this is getting embarrassing. Like, like women were on this line. And, and then, but then that was the, then I went to Iowa camp, Dan Gable's camp, like two months later. And I wrestled the, the state champ of Michigan who beat the living shit out of me for an hour and a half. Must have took me down seven hundred times, but I never got better. I, I got so much better from that. You know, like by the time I was a senior, I was that guy fucking everybody up, or even junior. But that's that's the way it goes. But yeah. it, it is humbling, man. Have you ever had inspiring where you're just like up against a guy where you're like, man, there's nothing I can do right now against this person? No, that never happened to you. <laughs> no, you said you're like that with Tom Erickson. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's some. Oh, Tim Kennedy, but he's like that much bigger. 
Tim Kennedy was just on when when we when we roll. I couldn't I couldn't do much with him on the ground. He was just stronger on the ground. I couldn't do anything. Kickboxing, yeah, that was a well, different well, story. Chris Weidman said that uh, Tim Kennedy and him were were even on the grappling uh, when they, when, they, when, they, when they were rolling together. Yeah, which was uh, surprising because you know at the time Weidman. You know, did pretty good in Abu Dhabi or like went up against did, against did Galvao. Did he wrestle in college or anything, or do you know like what he how Chris he got Weidman? so good? No, Kennedy. Kennedy. How did he get so he good? He probably he wrestled in high school, I think, out here. Um, he's from like was he from like he's slow. a tough guy, man. And crazy, yeah, tough and crazy. Uh, okay, so this week, uh, Alan Juban, Gunnar Nelson. We got to pull for Alan. Uh, this is a tough fight for him. Gunnar Nelson's the heavy favorite, but I think Alan could do take this. Eve. Does he have the capability? Yeah. Um, I mean, Gunnar should, yeah, absolutely should be the favorite. Um, Allen can do everything. He's from that tough town in Lafayette, Louisiana, you know. That's where some of those dudes can. Even though he's a model, yeah. he can fight, yeah. you know. And um, he has the skills to do it, but I don't know if he's going to be able to put it together like he needs to in this fight. I hope he can. I think he also knows he's the underdog, which I think will help him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's not going to be surprised. I think when he fought, what's his name, the... The fight he lost recently. Tumanov. Tumanov. I think he was surprised in there. Like, he was like, oh, I'm going to beat this guy. And then he was like, fuck. But now going in against a guy like Gunner, I think, helps him. Yeah. Uh, that's, sometimes that's good for guys, man. When you, when you have that opponent that's supposed to be better than you. You know, this guy's supposed to beat you. And you have to kind of you, you fight above, you know, your level. Who was like that for you? Was uh, Josh Thompson supposed to beat you? He was supposed to, but I wasn't concerned with that. I didn't think he would beat me. Um... I really don't know. I mean, I'm sure it happened. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. When you get hit in the head that many times, you know, some uh, memory's not good. Uh, Brad Pickett is fighting Mar- Chido Vera. That's Brad's last fight, too. Yeah. That's, um, that's a big deal. Um, I, I really want to see him perform and, and put on a good show and walk out of there with his hand raised high, man. Last-minute opponent replacement. Uh, Arnold Allen, who's a good fighter. I remember watching him for, for a while. Arnold Allen has been good. He's fighting Ami- uh, Makwan Amir Khani. This dude is out of his mind. He's a uh, Mr. Finland. He's from. He's from the, the. He's a Kurd. They relocated to Finland. Had a terrible childhood, and this dude gets more pussy. He came on our podcast and got a blowjob during the interview. Uh, go he listen also to the a threesome on another. He, he, had, episode. he had a threesome on another episode. He had two girls next to him. This dude is just living the life, uh, but he hasn't fought in a while. Uh, yeah. uh, he, has a, he 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 won his first couple fights, but. Uh, what was that? <laughs> well, I caught hell for saying that earlier. Now you guys are talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm else, just like, like kid. He, he, he hasn't I fought in a up. while. I hope Maquan wins, but I know he uh, relocated to Connor's gym. He's training with Connor at an SBG. Yeah. Uh, who do you like in this fight? Don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Don't know these guys. Uh, all right, uh, Reza. Uh, Madaddy, I think he went to jail, right, for stealing purses. Yep. Uh, I've trained with him. He came to Austin for a while. I was training with Kamal Shalarus. How's he? He's all right. Okay, so Joe Duffy's more crazy. Than Joe talented. Duffy's a heavy yeah. favorite. Uh, yeah, Joe yeah. Duffy should be a heavy favorite. Joe Duffy, Joe Duffy should walk through him, man. Joe Joe's not one of those guys who doesn't show up. You know what I mean? Uh, Michael Johnson should have destroyed Reza Madadi, but you know he just didn't show up that day. He got caught, right? Uh, did he get caught, or did he get dominated? Yeah. Or he got caught. I think he got caught. Yeah. No, no, he, he didn't. He didn't look dominant in that fight. Um, but yeah, Joe Duffy should beat that guy up from beginning to end. He beat the brakes off of him. I, I like Joe Duffy too. Nice guy. You know, yeah. he had a lot of hype for him being the last guy to beat Connor before Nate Diaz, and then it kind of went away with the Poirier fight. But he's a but that tough, Poirier fight was a tough fight. Tough I mean, fight. He, like anybody else, there's there's a lot of guys on the UFC roster. There's a couple guys in the top ten um, that would have 
would not push through that like Dustin did. Yeah, you know, you mean like you mean, oh, you mean like Joe did? Like no, like because Joe was beating Dustin up a little bit yeah. in the beginning, and he hurt him. You know, and a lot of guys would have kind of crumbled under that. You know, um, Dustin was able to man up and fight back, and and I mean Joe is tough, man. There's nobody's got, not everybody's doing that to Poirier. And I I, I lost money because I, I bet on Mitch Clark for, over Joe Duffy. Because he was like a seven to one underdog, and Mitch is my friend, so I'm like, I'll throw it on him. And then he, he got, he got, he got, uh, he tore his ACL while getting hit and falling back. Uh, it was just tough. Timothy Johnson, one of my favorite guys, trains out of Fargo, North Dakota, works at a strip club as a bouncer, and is an Uber driver slash UFC heavyweight. This is the number fourteen guy in the world at heavyweight, and he's an Uber driver and works at a strip club. Uh, just goes to show you either. I, like how fucked up this sport is, but he's fighting Daniel Omolankuk. You know this guy from Poland. You ever hear of him? You being uh, Omolankuk. You being a, a, a yeah. Um, no, I have not heard of him. I think I saw him fight once in the UFC, though. Did he? Uh, yeah. We watched him fight here when you, I, and Papa did like the fight. Yeah. Did he win? Uh, I think he beat. He lost to Stephen Struve by submission. Uh, before that, he beat. Uh, That's the most recent one. Olenek, he beat Alexi Olenek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, we saw him beat Olenek. He beat Jars, Donjo, and I'm, Chris Delarocha. I, I, I don't know how you're a professional athlete and you have to drive Uber, man. That's crazy. He said me. he likes it because he said the only time he's lost a fight, aside from the other two times, uh, was when he did a full time camp. And he, he said it was too much. So he's doing it because he wants to, not he because he has to. As well, but, yeah. it, but I think he says he, he likes to actually have other distractions in his life. Hmm. <laughs> Why are you laughing for? I just have a feeling that having a full camp wasn't what made him fight bad. <laughs> like, you know what I mean, or whatever. Like, yeah, it's like the guys are like, I drive better drunk, do you? <laughs> yeah. I don't think you actually drive better drunk. Maybe you got an accident when you were sober once. That doesn't mean you're a better driver drunk. Yeah. I don't know. Also, Tom Breeze is fighting Bang Bus. Uh, that's, a, that's a good fight. Uh, what? <laughs> a guy named Bang Bose. Uh, yeah, Tom, his name's Olawale Bambos. Tom, Tom Breeze beat Cathal Pendriot. He beat uh, uh, Keita Nakamura. He lost to Sean Strickland. But he's moving up a weight class to fight Bambos. He's the, going up to 185. The Holy War Angel. That's his nickname. Yeah. It, it's kind of weird. The Holy War Angel. It doesn't seem like a very angelic thing. Holy War. I mean, there are... There's in, all kinds in, of holy wars yeah. going on right now. Well, also like in Greek mythology, isn't there angels of war, or like you know, gods of war, and stuff like Ares? that? Ares, yeah. It's amazing how much you know for a guy who does nothing. Uh, like you, you actually know a lot of shit. I'm pretty knowledge. I, I'm pretty like well educated to like for a guy with three college social, credits. But social awkward jeopardy. I don't have a fucking college credit. Save my life. Uh, now, all right. Now this fight, I'm looking forward to social awkward jeopardy. Ian Entwistle. This dude only goes for, for, hooks. for heel hooks. Like he's Wait, a guy, is he at one forty five? Can we put him up against Ryan Hall? He only goes for heel hooks, like, but he hits it. Like he he beat uh, Burchek. He just dies Wait. for heel hooks. Oh, and he's fighting Brett Johns, who was the uh, the Titan uh, FC champion. The, the guy pike, who fought one whole cock. The Pikey. The Pikey is fighting Ian, uh, a guy for heel hook guy. There's some good uh, underrated fights on this card. It's crazy that how how guys only go for one move and it works sometimes. You know, yeah, especially those heel hook guys. I like. I've always hated those guys. I don't know if it's because of when I started fighting those that was like looked down upon, but I, I seriously hate those good, those heel hook guys. I I hated Imanari. Like I, there's I I those guys. I hope they die in a fire. They hate. <laughs> I hate heel hookers. Why? Hate, Why do you hate them so much? Because it's, I mean it's it's. I'm from that era when it's like really cheap, and also but it, it does so, it works. But it does so much damage for when that is your only move. 
It's like you you have to, I feel like you you're just not diverse enough. You 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 can't have just one thing that you go to. And I seriously hope they die in a fire of AIDS. I'm serious. <laughs> the thing I don't like about it, I don't like I don't like the guys that kick the front of the knee either. Like in five, yep. not that it's against yep. the, the oblique. It's just, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's just what you're, you're talking about. Somebody, somebody it's like, that's like almost somebody's life. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the video life. What happened to Miguel Torres? He took one of those and his knee completely shattered. Yeah. 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 Just, I think yeah, of like Willis McGahee and, and like, like, yeah. shit like that. And it's like, no, man, you don't do that to people. Because it's not going to end the fight, but it could end their career eventually. John Jones you know, whatever, does that so all the time. That's yeah, it's, it's a Jackson it's a move. move. Yeah, John Jones also crashes cars. Yeah, I'm not a John Jones fan. Uh, I, I am. I'm a fan but of the like, I hate, I hate, I hate, I, yeah. Like that guy gets in his own way, man. Uh, have, you, have you ever watched him train with anybody? Have you ever seen John Jones train? No, I I'm always curious, like if he beats up heavyweights too. I assume he does, but I was always curious to see how he goes with the bigger guys. If he manhandles them just like he does everyone else. I, I heard. Didn't we hear something about he picks his sparring partners and stuff like that? I don't know. Like, like I've, I've never had a guy guys. in a camp. Him and Overeem are the two guys that, depending on who you talk to in that camp. They either oh I love him or I don't fuck with that guy. They don't, don't talk to him. Yeah, and and I'm not talking about like oh like the the guys who come to the gym ones. I'm talking about like guys who are staples at the gym. Like don't yeah. fuck with John Jones at Jackson's. Some of them. Other people will say they, they they vouch for him. Oh he's a great guy, but John Jones. I have to believe in 20 years from now when he's no longer fighting, is going to look back and be like why uh, with regret and, and and look back at what could have been because we're talking about the most special fighter. Possibly of all time, yep. and and guys, you know, guys like Clay Guida or these other guys that have one tenth of the talent that John Jones has, Im- and make it work. Yeah, imagine if John Jones had the had the discipline and the mentality of a guy like Demetrius Johnson. Oh my God! Like he would transcend the sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I mean, th- could you imagine Demetrius Johnson like when he fought, uh, like when Jones fought Gustafson? He's like, yeah, you know, I was taking ecstasy with doing blow with hookers the day before, just to, Drunk just to, because that way he said if he lost, he'd always have an excuse for why he lost. I mean, Demetrius Johnson is exactly one of the most disciplined. Although I did see him at a, at a club one time, and the whole time he was on his phone on Twitch. While dancing, and that was a little strange. That, that, that was a little strange. I'm like, just go. Yeah, that really brings his character into question here. <laughs> By the way, yeah. I had more fun at that. I love the '90s concert that I've ever had. I was going to that. Yeah, we saw you. Oh, so we, we all I was, saw. I was breaking it down. We all Me saw. And I haven't danced in four years. If I know it you, looks like it. I needed. I needed Eve to say. Eve, I people say have a dance shit. off, Eve. I guarantee I could beat you at a dance off at a nineties dance off. Please let me film that. Uh, yes, I will one hundred percent. Eve, have it. Da- Are you a good dancer? I don't. Da- I don't sing. I don't dance. I don't right. like people who do. Any t- anytime you hate people that he do. He might do a move. He might do a move where he goes to hit a barrel roll and he'll kick you in the head though, like Josh Thompson. Sean, are you a good dancer? No. No. I, dancing's for gay guys and women, I think. But uh, <laughs> that's not uh, Usher's a good dancer. Timberlake, uh, those guys. Hey, I saw Usher in Las Vegas one time, and I asked him where I should sit, and he's like, "Sorry, I said we're the Usher, right?" They told me we're Usher. Oh god! And he was like, he just kept looking at me. I was like, "Never mind." I just want to say it to him. Did you have R. Kelly's phone number too? I, I had to text him the other night. Yeah, when I was tipsy, I was texting R. Kelly the other night. Does he, does he know it's you? No, I text him. I either block my number. I text him for other people's phones. So anytime anybody, he gave me his number. I was hanging out with the studio one night. It's a long story. And uh, he gave me his number, so I always get other people's phones and text R. Kelly from it. And it's the funniest thing ever because, like, he's so dumb, 
First, he has a flip phone, which is funny. He, like he has like he has like a flip phone. He thinks he's a secret agent. Like it's the weird. It's hard to explain. But so he, um, a girl like in Nashville, Tennessee, said, "Hey, will you watch my phone in purse?" I said, "Yeah." Hey, what time is it? So she would type in her code on her phone, and so she does that. So then I, um, I just Google like booty or something and take a picture and send yeah. it to R. Kelly's number from her phone. And he, he always knows R. Kelly because he puts question mark. This is like, that's all, like every time it's question mark. This is, and I always uh, so I've got one actually. I put it on my. Uh, Instagram and Facebook. And I was like, uh, it's Sarah. I want that C. I meant to put D, but I said C instead on accident. And uh, he said, call me. And I said, nobody tells me what to do. And he never knows what to say because that's how I finish every. Yeah. I always bring him around to nobody tells me what to do. And he knows <laughs> it's the same person doing it. But he's so dumb. I put one time in there. I, I Googled girls R. Kelly would think is hot. And it yeah. said search results for girls R. Kelly would think was hot. I screenshot that whole page. And I'm like, I got this girl, she's trying to meet you, man. Like I said, she's like the third one down on the right. And see him a screenshot. It says, girls R. Kelly would think was hot. And it's got a picture of a girl. He's like, oh, just give her my number, dog. Like, it was the best. He's like, if it's if it has anything to do with a woman, he's there. Like, he's all about it. You know, or whatever. Like, he's all over it. And it's, uh, I, I harassed him forever. I used to say my name was Tron 2013. That's how I'd finish it. But, but then I saw that you posted some, like an ex-girlfriend's number on the internet and Twitter and told everyone to call her. Yeah, that was this Brazilian girl. You can't do um, that. I did do it. She, <laughs> she made a, a fake Facebook page for my current girlfriend at the time and contacted my family, my daughter, all kind of terrible stuff because she was mad at me. I hadn't dated that girl in two years. She just went crazy one day because she heard I was getting engaged to a girl somehow or something, which I wasn't. But she heard that, so she went crazy and makes a fake Facebook page. And I knew it was her because of the way she wrote stuff. Um, I could just tell by the way it was written because yeah. her English, her English is in her first language. And so, like she said, hi, sweetie, to my daughter, but it was spelled sweaty because the autocorrected didn't catch the sweaty, you know? And so, no one calls my daughter sweaty. So, she, um, so I text her. How I said, your hey, daughter, by the way? Uh, she's 18 now. That's the title of this episode. Nobody yeah. calls my daughter sweaty. <laughs> so, I text her and I said, hey, you need to delete it right now. Delete the page. Apologize to everybody. She's like, I don't know what you mean. I said, okay, you'll see. Are you, good, so, to, are you good to your daughter's boyfriends? Uh, no, I like to harass the shit out of them. It's so awesome. I like... I make them do chores when they come over. I don't even tell my daughter they're there. Like, uh, she'll be up in her room. She's like, can you tell me when Zach gets here? I'm like, okay. So he comes over. I'm like, Zach, I need you to vacuum up in there, buddy. And uh, I said, when you're done, like, clean up that uh, the room, get that laundry in that basket. He's like, okay. Like, they do it. And she comes. She's so funny. She comes out like, Dad, are you making him work again? I'm like, no, he was doing it on his own. I don't know what. <laughs> just play it off. Like, he does chores every time he comes over. I don't know what's going on. but I'm surprised it even got to a point of boyfriend. Yeah. The, well, the first time I ever, she, he was real afraid to meet me. Her little uh, boyfriend. Yeah. And <laughs> Hi. So, he, um, she was like, Dad, will you say hi to Zach on FaceTime so it's not so weird when you meet him because he's scared of you? And I said, okay. So she brings in the phone and goes, Dad, Zach, that's my dad. I said, hi, Zach. And, you know, it takes a second for the, yeah. the sound to go through. I said, hi, Zach. He didn't say anything back. I said, answer me. Like, out of whatever. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. McCorkle. And she was like, Dad, she's real mad. Eve, do you, do you know how many kids do you have? Him and his sister. Just one. Oh, and, and how old's the daughter? 22. Oh, okay. Yeah. Were you, were you, were you good to her boyfriends or? Uh, a little bit. Some of some of them. She's only had three boyfriends that I can remember, and she's married the third now. So oh, she's married. Yeah. No, do, you, do you like the guy? I like him. I like him a lot. He's he he's in love with her. He's so still that's all I want. That's great. Yeah. yeah. But um, we we had a we had a conversation once because uh, we were at dinner one night and. You know, my daughter's talking about she wants a baby, and this is a couple years ago. She wants a baby, and this and that, and yada, yada, yada. And everybody around the table is, like, all into it, and they're, like, talking about having a baby. And um, her husband is sitting across from me, and I'm, like, I kick him in the legs, and I'm, like, he looks at me, and I'm, like, Jesse, 
I'm not going to be a grandfather. You understand me? <laughs> so they still don't have kids. <laughs> and I can now say I just took an Eve Edwards like kick. That's awesome. So, all right. Uh, so, Sean, what do you have coming up? Um, apparently no working. Um, I don't know. I'm going to go back to Annapolis. I got to go to Florida next week. Um, what for? I'm going to take my little boy down two times for spring break. It's a long story. He has some friends that are going down there spring breaks a week earlier. So I told him I'd take him down there for three or four days so he could hang out with them. And then we got to come back. Then we're going for his spring break. Mm-hmm. Back down there. And then uh, I have a uh, something I'll tell you about later. Actually, maybe not. I might have invested a bunch of money in a marijuana grow operation up in Michigan. But it's completely legal there now. <laughs> okay. So uh, I got it all set up and going. And that's going pretty well overall. Unless my kids listen to this, because I don't want them to ever know I did that. Right. So if you want to know how I'm paying my bills nowadays, that might be part of it. Right. Uh, but it's legal up there now, so it doesn't matter. Um, when are you going to have your own podcast? I keep doing it, man. I keep saying I'm going to do it. I, do, I need to know the technical part. I don't know how to set it up. I don't know. I mean, it's really easy. there's like four microphones involved. Like, it's too complicated. I, it's no. really, really easy. But I don't know how to like upload stuff or I don't know. I'm telling don't, you, like, this kid will, will take you 10 minutes to do it. I don't know how to do any of it, but I would love to do it. And, and then um, Eve, and maybe then, Sean could teach him a few things. Yeah, yeah. And Eve, what do you got coming up? Um, shoot, I'm back on the desk. It won't be for a while. It'll be April 22nd show. It's a good call. Um, Nashville. 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 Yep. I'm looking Ellen forward Berger. to that. And um, nice. I'm try, maybe I'll try and get down and get some work in with Jake before that. And I'm going overseas to do some seminars for Australia. Uh, right? Yeah. Okay. So we have a pretty big uh, following in Australia. So how could they come take your seminar? I, I have someone over there working on it, Gavin Humphreys. And, um, but where in Australia? At Perth and Sydney. So I'm going to be on both coasts. I'm going to be over there for a while. Uh, as, soon as, I get, as, as soon as I get more of the details, I'm going to put it out there. But um, it's, it's already being set up, and I don't know all the details just yet. That's awesome. <laughs> but I will be in Perth for about a week and then in Sydney for about a week and a half. Nice. CB, anything? Oh, and also your podcast. What's it called? Even Steven. Uh, we had our last episode. We had my buddy Steve Brown. He's a Division One wrestler, and then he came in. He's also a he's all American, but he came in and um, came in because he's been in so many movies lately. He's done The Equalizer, Batman, Superman, Dawn of Justice, um, Logan. Stunts. He's a, stunts. He's an assistant coordinator on Logan. He's 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 a really good stunt man. He's transferred into that industry so well, man. He's done some good work. We talked about Logan because he worked on that film, so he gave us some insight into a lot what, of fighters get into stunts. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Christoph Szczynski was in it. Oh yeah, I love Christoph. You know, so it was it was a good time. We worked with Christoph. We worked on a movie, um, Battle Angel Alita. It's it's not out, but it's uh um they're still working on it. They're still, it's still in production, but that'll be out next. I think next year. The end of this year or next year, I think it is. CB, you got something Cameron. going on. What do you got? Same shit, different week. Nothing. Now, are you still ranked in video games or no? No. Why not? Because I just, uh, the game, the, just changed, you know? Well, at one New point games you were, come you were, out you were every seventh year. in the world or something? I was number one in the world in, on what, Xbox. In which game? Xbox? What game? Uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 2007. 2007, you're ranked number one. Yeah. Is this documented anywhere? Yeah. What, what was your uh, screen name? It changed all the time because I was always racist. What was oh, it? Shit. What was it? Um, I can't really say those things. All right, all right. That's, that's all right. So hey, everyone, you, know you were talking about because I'm here. Everybody, no, it's just in general. I really don't want to incriminate myself that badly. You, Every, know, you were talking about stunts earlier. I always wondered if Evil Knievel's son ever got accused of stunting like his daddy. <laughs> Not bad. Somebody, somebody said that. Um, oh. 
what is this? You know what? Um, this is what Todd Grisham was asking me. He's like, man, what, is, what if that lady has a son? And I'm like, it was during the girl fights. You know, he's like, her son would be a son of a bitch. Yeah, that's, huh. that's true. <laughs> Grisham said that. Yeah, he's funny, man. I like that guy. Yeah, uh, I the, he he. He's growing on me. At first, I was like, who the fuck? Anytime anyone has a strong personality, in the beginning, you're like, what, what's going on? It's just different. Well, it's new. But, but, but now, uh, we'll see. I'll, who I'll, is it? Goldberg and Bellator. The new, uh, the new announcer. Yeah, but nobody ever, nobody ever likes the, 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 the number one guy at the desk. Nobody ever likes the announcer at the desk. Yeah, they hated Goldberg for years. Then no, he went away. Everybody's think, like, oh, what happened to Goldberg? I think when you have like a, you or Dominic Cruz or Frank Muir... You, you trust where that person's coming from. You yeah. know, okay, this person's been in there. When it's somebody that never fought before, starts telling you what people should do, and you know, but they don't. Nobody ever realizes that they, though, that guy never tells you what somebody should do. They always asking the questions. Right. Okay. Oh man, watch Stephen A. Smith and that other knucklehead talk about MMA is one of the hardest things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, watch, man. I uh, could imagine Stephen A. Smith and what's the other guy who's always he's really irritating. He's always trashing LeBron. James. Oh, um, um, oh, Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless. Yeah. Oh my God! If you've watched watch them sometime talk about UFC, it is the most. It uh, is Skip the Bayless most, is terrible. Oh God! They'll be like, I think the thing with Connor is he's got too much pride. Like what? Like, yeah. what, like you know what I mean? Like it's they just they just say random things and then hope for the best. I think they said they were bringing Jim Roman. Is that still the is that still the rumor? Or That's not? still the rumor. I don't see I that working, not. man. Yeah, I don't see that working at all. So uh, I mean, either. So tonight I'm at the Dime Bar tonight, and as well as the Parlor, uh, Tuesday to Sunday, Calgary. I'm at the Comedy Cave in Calgary. Uh, Friday, the t- March 24th and 25th, I'm in San Diego at the Comedy Palace, uh, and then. South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, April 5th to the 8th. You should come to that, Sean. Myrtle Beach. And then uh, Kansas City, uh, April 13th to the 18th, uh, to the 15th, Stanford and Sons. And I'll be uh, the UFCs that weekend. So if you're going to the UFC, come to my show. Uh, And then Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, April 26th to the 29th at the Looney Bin. Uh, Thank you all for uh, listening. Thank you, Angela Hill. Uh, we're good. Thank you, Eve. Thank you, Sean McCorkle. How long are yes. you down for? Uh, I got to leave to go back here shortly, back to San Diego, because I got to leave, fly out tomorrow morning. I got to try to find Ty Lopez and beat him up while I'm here, too. So. Uh, well, good luck, brother. Good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much. Take care. Happy birthday, Joe. Thank you very much.